Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Norton, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your hosts, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith and the Discord Daddy MJ. On today's show, we will review Destruction and Kobe and cover all latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Please support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping it strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the network's podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This episode is brought to you by the NJPWEXT, the only Browser extension for NJPWWorld.com, frequently updated and with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and share playlists, synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPWWorld to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. Young boy, MJ, how you guys doing? Go ahead, young boy. <laughs> I was going to be a, a polite gentleman and let our guest speak first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here and uh, excited to talk about New Japan. Yeah, same. Happy to be back. Glad I didn't blow it and, uh, you know, blow all my opportunities to uh, to be on the, <laughs> the best the best New Japan podcast on all of the internet. The best, the best, the best, the <laughs> best. We are the best. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One quick thing before we jump into it. So every week when I do the show, um, you know, I do it in my little, you know, little office area, but I kind of share this domicile with my dog who is, uh, you know, he chills in here with me. So one thing I noticed is every week, 
he pops out right at the end of the show and i'm like how does he how does he know that we're done like is it an internal <laughs> clock thing and then i realized that when i say the word ichiban he knows that i'm done and he pops out based on that word and like so lately we've been like saying it around him and like he always like he like gets really alert and like he's like i think he's almost kind of confused like why why the fuck are you guys saying that like <laughs> when it's not monday night and i'm under the covers or whatever but uh yeah so shout out to shout out to ziggy <laughs> real big zig <laughs> little zig oh <laughs> uh, yeah but yeah yeah we're glad to have you uh mj um this is the first time we've done a show together yes it is and we almost did one when uh, Jeremy was out of town, but I couldn't figure out how to uh, run the shit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. amazing any shows got put out while you're gone, Jeremy. You did a great job. The audio got out there. We, we kept our streak of being the longest running weekly episodic New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast out there. So good job. I'd like to say I'm more than just a pretty face, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we if if all you are is a pretty face maybe we should be doing uh visual as well as audio yeah i'm ready for it i'm ready for uh you know youtube twitch tiktok well tout get 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 tout. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah get ready you never know something might be uh coming down the pipeline so Maybe if we can figure it out. <laughs> uh, we got this. Yeah, we need those Discord daddy numbers. You know, big draw. Yeah. <laughs> How are those uh, World Tag League uh, Week Two numbers? I'm sure they're they're they must have been humongous. Oh, out, out of the world. You know, it's huge draw. The demo, man. <laughs> We're still collecting residuals on that one. Yeah. Big we, time. We, we like oh, a, you're welcome. We had like a point four zero. <laughs> In the demo for that episode, it was just magnificent. I'm not really, I'm, I'm not, you know, happy that we're in September. We're talking about World Tag League, so <laughs> yeah, pump, pump the brakes there, MJ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was just getting excited, man. <laughs> the junior Tag League's coming up. Uh, I, I missed when it was Junior Tag. It's just, it's league now. What was it before? Oh, just, just the, the tournament, just a regular um, the bracket. Yeah. Why can't we just have a junior tag tournament? Why is it gonna be a league? Why is it like we don't need all that, you know? Single <laughs> elimination. <laughs> Get them out of here quick. Bam bam. Oh, yeah. Pin them, pin them and pay them. <laughs> Alright, I guess we should talk about this show. Yeah, man. We got we got we got a great show to talk about. Uh Destruction in Kobe, which happened this past Sunday in Kobe World Hall. Stack card, four hour plus runtime on the uh, NJPW world. So we'll, we'll start from the opening of the show, work our way down to the main event. Lots of talking points coming out of this show. I think they also were uh, no vacancy completely sold out for that show. Yeah, it looked like it. Yeah. And there was an interesting thing online where there was a picture and I don't know the validity of all this. I don't want to ruffle too many feathers, but I saw a picture of Kobe world hall filled up with by dragon gate and it looked like there were quite a few empty seats and they claimed like 1500 more than what or maybe i'm over exaggerating but they they 
they claimed a substantially larger number for their most recent big show there over what New Japan just did. You can see from the picture that New Japan had, you know, pretty much all the, all the seats filled. So kind of makes you wonder how valid, hypothetically, some of those Dragon Gate numbers might actually be. <laughs> Wolf tickets, bro. <laughs> the, the real question is, what was the, the, the turnstile count? What was the turnstile? How count? many people came came in through Kobe World Hall? That's what I want to know. They pr- yeah, they announced they announced the larger number because that was actually the paid attendance. <laughs> <laughs> the empty seats were just you know that wasn't part of the turnstile count. That yeah, was people, people didn't show up. They they bought the tickets. They got sick. You know, it's, it's you know it just didn't work out. <laughs> They said, we got your money, kid. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about this show. Uh, so opened up, we had the Bullet Club War Dogs team of Clark Connors and Drilla Maloney. They are the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. They defeated Kevin Knight and Tiger Mask in 6 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, quick fun match. Not a lot here. They did, a, a, I guess, a pretty decent job shining up Kevin Knight just a bit in this match to kind of give him a little bit of a, a spotlight. But for the most part, it was a pretty dominant um, display from Bull Club War Dogs, and they got the virtually mostly clean win over Tiger Mask to kind of set up uh, the future title match between um, intergalactic jet setters. Uh, post-match, they did attack... Uh, Tiger Mask just a bit. Kevin Knight kind of dragged him out of the ring for the save. And then uh, while he was isolated on the outside, they hit him with the belt and uh, kind of jumped him just a bit to kind of gain an upper hand leading into their match for the future. Yeah, it was a nice little opener. I thought everyone looked good. All the work was was crisp. Um, great speed. Um, you know, Kevin Clark and, and Maloney are absolutely shredded. These guys look these guys look ready. So, um, you know, Maloney especially does not <laughs> he's not carrying that uh, that junior weight. He's <laughs> he is pushing that weight limit big time. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting was I, I didn't know Kevin Knight was trained by uh, by Buddy Wayne. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting little little tidbit, um, which which is pretty cool. That means he's going to be on Dynamite soon for Darby. And Nick Wayne. <laughs> it means he can attack Darby and Nick Wayne, bloody them, and then the next week ask forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness and be accepted back. <laughs> uh, no questions yeah. asked. I I got a question though. Are the junior tag belts the most disrespected belts in the in the his, history of of New Japan? They're always uh, guys are wagging them down by their dongs and like you know <laughs> dropping them around. Maloney's throwing it on the ground. But what about the the women's titles? <laughs> I mean, you you would have to see those to be disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, but yeah, this was a uh, solid opener here. Uh, something that popped me at the very beginning was like Kevin Knight did this big dive right before the bell on both Drilla and Clark. And Tiger Mask just, you know, stood in the ring and was like, good job. (laughs) I'm not diving. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that popped me. But, yeah, fun opening matchup here. Like we said, it's setting up the junior tag defense that's coming up in uh, Rio Goku October 9th when uh, Kushida, he'll join the tour, and it'll be uh, Kushida and Kevin Knight challenging the Bull Club War Dogs. So it should be uh, a fun uh, junior tag defense there. 
So the uh, next matchup, we had the Just Five Guys team of Doki, Sonata, and Takamichi Noku defeating the House of Torture team of Dick Togo, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi, 8 minutes and 32 seconds. Fine little opener. I don't have much to say here. Uh, I guess the big talking point coming out of the match is the fact that Taka Michinoku defeated Dick Togo with the Michinoku driver. I cannot remember (laughs) the last time Taka Michinoku pinned or submitted or won by any means where he was the, the, the winning victor on the side of his team. Like I cannot recall him doing that in what's gotta be years and years and years. So pretty monumental there. He was he was really pumped up about it in the backstage comments. I don't know if you guys saw that. That's <laughs> all he not. was talking about. Yeah, he was pretty pumped. Um, you know, you know, this this whole feud I think has been a total downer on the like title scene. I uh, yeah. Man, House of Torture they've been they've been hoeing out just five guys for weeks. You guys have been seeing it. Um I you know, I don't think anyone's gotten over working with these guys. It's just it's just a total downer. Um, Sonata is looking like a total dork with his shirt on. And like House of Torture's merch is better. Like Evil's fake championship shirt looks way better than Sonata's shirt. It's just, it's, to- I feel, I feel bad for Sonata, honestly. It, I'll say this. You guys know how I feel about Evil. Not my favorite guy at all. And I'm not necessarily one for wrestling merch too much, anyways. But if I liked Evil a little bit more than I do right now, I'd probably buy that shirt because it's <laughs> it's actually one of the best. If if, if you're just being like um, unbiased about it, in terms of like ingenuity and creativity and like actually looking good, it's one of the best shirts New Japan has done in years. And it is hilarious, like that they're selling a shirt with Evil as the eighth. <laughs> <IWG champion. laughs> with the title on his shoulder. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Man, like the, the New Japan uh merch team, there there's some grifters. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, another grift in a second, but they they're grifting out here with the shirts. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I wanted to say about the um what you brought up there, MJ. Um I saw I saw a Twitter post earlier today. Um, and keep in mind, guys, I'm not the biggest like Twitter person. I don't know all the personalities. So, you know, forgive me if I'm, I'm treading on some, uh, territory I shouldn't, but there's a guy out there. I don't really know who he is, but it's someone named Ibu of wrestle purists. Right. Yeah. And I, I, and I don't know the guy from Adam, but I generally don't usually agree with the posts that I see him posting on Twitter. I usually don't even call anybody out, but he had something today that I 100% agreed with. And he was getting taken a task by all these gotten to Naito fans because <laughs> <laughs> pretty much like, you know, kind of just saying what he said. And I thought what he was saying made a lot of sense. Once I was reading through it, he was like, dude, they went from, Okada in the middle of this run at the beginning of the year where everyone was talking about this is the most revitalized he's looked in years. He's killing all these like young boys and seems to be on a dominant run. And then they put it on Sonata, which granted at the time we were excited about it because it was a new fresh thing. And, and it, but looking back at it now, 2020 hindsight in September, all the way from April what would the year basically what he was saying is like, what would the year have looked like had they never put the title on Sonata and just kept it on Okada? And then you get Suji returning to challenge Okada. 
you get Okada in the A block with all those young lions. You know, that's like a lot more interesting. But, bro, so many fans were like, you don't get it because if Sonata doesn't win the title, then Naito can't do the roll call in the Tokyo Dome. (laughs) (laughs) So they're willing to sacrifice. They're like, you don't understand the payoff of the story. They're willing to sacrifice three quarters of the year to get their dude into the Tokyo Dome because they know know that if Okada's still champion (laughs) come January 1st, Fourth, there's no way that Naito's winning the G1 and and going to be the guy that gets named. Like that's that's how they feel. And like I saw all these diehard, you know, Lij stands going at this dude and like blowing him up and calling him a fool. And I'm like, that sounds a lot better if we had just kept the title on Okada at this point. So I saw the post and and being I'm a Naito fan, right? I get it. I get where these people are coming from, but like. Totally inoffensive take there. Like, it's not going out on a limb. He didn't know. even call out Naito. Yeah. I know. Dude, yeah, he got roasted in, in the quote retweets. I, I saw that post. I'm like, I went back and, like, I read his post again. Like, I checked like, his replies and stuff. I'm like, yeah. He, I agreed with it. Yeah, I he, he, he didn't, mention, didn't mention Naito at all. And it was all about Okada. I think it made perfect sense because they kind of abandoned the whole story they were telling this whole year of Okada kind of being that Jumbo Sarita role. You know, dominating the young guys. All these young guys are climbing the mountain to try and take him, take him out. And they kind of abandoned that story with him in, in the never six man role. Yeah, you had Narita, you know, kind of challenging there in that feud, but then that was done. And now he's just kind of facing like random, you know, six man trios, and they've abandoned that story, which was pretty great. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that not a story that we all loved? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just, you know, I don't know the guy. I think. I could be wrong. I think a lot of the times I see his posts, I don't agree with him. But in this one, I thought he made a lot of sense. I saw a bunch of nasty New Japan fans going at him hard, like so fucking hard. Maybe it's because of his reputation. I don't know. But like it was unwarranted. And I agree with him. Okada probably should still be champion right now instead of Sonata. Like maybe business would be better. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I don't want to sound like I'm like parroting Joe Lanza or anything here, but like the crowd was not into this match they were not into sonata the hot tag was like lukewarm at best um and when like he's leaving the arena he's doing his ear thing and like but he's gonna need a hearing aid band because that place is quiet man (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah there there was not a a ton of heat for this um like josh mentioned probably the most interesting thing was taka picking up the win uh kevin kelly on commentary mentioning you know, 26 years ago, uh, Dick Togo and Taka being on Raw together, Kai and Ties. That, that was a little fun fact there. Um, Kevin so, yeah. Kelly throwing a lot of Western references in his commentary lately is weird. <laughs> 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 um, one thing I did want to say, though, one positive. Anytime Evil and Sonata in these tag environments start to actually work spots, it's pretty good. Um, now, can they maintain a working rate like that over the long haul in like a 20 plus minute match in a main event scenario? I, I doubt it, especially since it's going to be a lumberjack apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there, there is a little bit of a hint of a spark where these guys could, I think they really could potentially have a great match if they were motivated to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's so much chemistry there being teamed together for years and, um, yeah, they know each other very well. And so, yeah, I mean, if there was no 
kind of house of torture gimmick and it was a straight up wrestling match. Like I think they could have a, a great wrestling match if you didn't have all the gimmicks and uh, you know the girl wires and all the stuff. And of course, of it being a lumberjack match, we're going to see tons of that. So uh, moving on to the next matchup, we had uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, Jado, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa defeating the Bull Club team of Alex Coughlin, Chase Owens, David Finley, Gabe Kidd, and Gato. The one thing I noticed is uh, obviously there's a lot of different feuds that are being previewed here, right? And I had totally, I knew that we were getting Chase Owens versus Tangaloa, but I never made the connection of why that was happening. I thought they were just punishing us, essentially, being like, <laughs> oh, they're on the tour. They got a fight. Nothing better for them to do. Special singles match. And I was like, all right, that's the full extent of it. I like totally forgot it was a War Dogs versus GOD program. I just thought we were getting like punished, essentially. You know what I mean? Punished. <laughs> <laughs> And then here's where it's even more devious. In the middle of the match, they started doing spots with Ghetto and Jado, and I was like, you know what? That that I'd maybe rather see that match. <laughs> but granted, they're not in the best working condition, but at least there's a story there that I'm kind of whoa, invested whoa. in. Jado came out gassed up like a Ferrari. That guy is yoked, <laughs> man. He is looking good. Yeah, dude, that man is jacked to the gills, and he, he comes out with yeah, the, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he looks good, but he can't move good. He's built for pleasure, not speed, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. When he was hulking up in there, I was like, all, all right, Jono, fire yeah, up. <laughs> there, there, no, there was a point where they were pretending, he was pretending to do a draping DDT to Ghetto, and, like, they both looked, I was like, he might kill him. <laughs> One wrong move. Who knows who's going to get hurt there? Oh, man. What do you think about the match, MJ? Well, I, I thought it was good. Like, it was, you know, okay. Um, I, I'd say uh, I think the feud itself is lacking a little bit for me. It's lacking a little bit of, a little bit of heat, and I don't think this match did much to, uh, to get me more invested in this feud. Um you know, Jotto looking like a looking like a uh, an Adonis. Um, Finley is is looking a lot worse than uh, than he has in the past. Looking a little bit soft. I, would, I don't want to be like a body commenter, but for I'm of the opinion like if you're if for a guy leading a faction, I feel like you need to be extraordinary in some some type of way, and if you don't like do extraordinary things like like Jeff Cobb or you're like six, seven, um, at least, at least look fit, you know, at least look the part of a, of a faction leader. To me, it shows you're, you're motivated. Um, and you know, the, the one thing that I, that I just, I like Finley, like I want to get behind him in this role. It's just been tough for me, man. And like, uh, when he's coming in a little bit, uh, a little soft and, uh, you know, I, I've never thought he was super good on the mic. He's been, he's actually okay the, the past couple promos I've seen. So he's probably getting better. But, I, you know, I'd like to see him look the part a little more. But maybe that's just me being, uh, being superficial, being a superficial wrestling fan here. <laughs> I think that you, you're definitely onto something there. And I think part of it, too, is that he's 
you know, very often he's um, inconsistent with how often he's featured on the tours. You know, like yeah. he's around, he's working hard to get over, the act gets over, and then they're gone for months at a time or maybe a month or, or whatever. And then it's like when he gets back, they're working to rebuild whatever they had gained over the course of the previous tour that he was there. And they're, you know, if other guys like Will Ospreay or Zack Sabre Jr. are already over with those crowds. They've got years and years of goodwill behind them. So they're, you know, they're, they're less affected by a lengthy absence, but like Finley's still in a pivotal uh, position when it comes to establishing himself as the leader of bull club. And, you know, as good as the work has been at different times, it's also been inconsistent, and uh, I, I agree. I don't think that there's one specific thing he does that makes him stand out from the other guys that are underneath him. That's probably what's hurting him. Yeah, especially you, know, you you brought in all those young guys, Coughlin, Gabe Kidd, Connors, Drill Maloney. Like, all those guys are, are fired up and motivated, and you can tell that they're hungry and they want a spot. And also, you know, Kidd and Coughlin, those guys are shredded and, and look great. And so, yeah, well, now that he's – you know, surrounding himself with those guys, like, all right, like, what are you going to do to, like, yeah, stand out against the pack? And he's not, he's not really doing that right now. And I agree with you, MJ, you know, you know, not the, the body shame here, but, yeah, when he came out, I was like, oh, man, yeah, he's not looking quite the best. You know, a few months ago, I, I feel like he was, like, He was. He was shredded, looking great. Yeah. Right shape. I'm like, you know, best feeling we've seen in a while. And so, and I, I get it. He's, he's not on the tours all the time, but I mean, I think like if you're off the tour, like you should be, you know, working to keep that, what you have going on, going on. So, um, and I hate to be this guy, but I'm not really digging any holistic version of this feud anyways, because while there are interesting parts, you know what I mean? Like there's certain guys I like some of their work, you kind of look at the matchups, the alignments and, and everything. And it's sort of like, what, what am I really super stoked about? You know, because ELP and, uh, and Hikaleo's a tag team, like doesn't scream like super over white meat, baby faced God. Like, I don't get how he's part of God really aside from, you know, it just, it, it doesn't really fit in my opinion, other than they're all former bullet club guys. And then we've already seen Finley and, and uh tamatonga quite a few times and they've never really like blown me blown me away and then of course we're getting chase and uh <laughs> tangaloa two of the worst um performers in this year's g1 you know going for the e block yeah i mean i think it would have made a lot more sense to you know reunite you know their their original god put tama and tangaloa to challenge kid and coglin and then you go back to ELP and Finley. I think there's a story there of ELP capturing his first uh, major singles title in New Japan. Um, and who's who's the never champion? Is it Finley? Yeah, or it's Finley. It? Yeah, it's Finley. Exactly. Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was Tama or him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Should, they could have done. They should have done ELP and uh, Finley. ELP no, champion. yeah, I agree with you. I just, I was like. Is he even the champion? Which of those two guys is the champion right now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought Finley and, and Tamatonga's last match was good. Did, mm. did they were they in the they were in the G one together, right? Did they square I think up so. the G one? Yeah, yeah. Um and I thought that match that match was was really good. Um and that's when, you know, Finley was looking good. He was looking he was a bit in better shape and he was he was working hard. But uh yeah, just I don't know. 
I'm lukewarm on it. Um, I, I'm most interested in in the junior guys because the junior guys look sick, full of intensity. Um, I I buy into what they're selling, um, and I'm a I'm big into Gabe Kid. He's a madman, right? Like, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a, a madman. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm into the roadman gimmick. He <laughs> needs to lean into that hard. Yeah, I mean, dude, I feel like Gabe Kid's a guy that could surpass Finley and be a leader of that faction. It reminds me of when uh, Brian Pillman was in the Four Horsemen. It's like he might murder Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finish up this matchup. Uh, Finley and Tamar are in. Tamar was going for the gun stun. Finley reversed into the Irish Curse backbreaker. Made the horrible mistake by tagging it in Gato. Gato immediately got hit with the gun stun. One, two, three. God got the win. So uh, next matchup, we had Leo Rush returning to New Japan, teaming up with Yo to defeat the LIJ team of Bushi and Hiromu Takahashi. It's a, a preview match for the upcoming three-way match when Hiromu will defend against Leo Rush and Speedball Mike Bailey. So this served as a pretty good, uh, you know, junior tag team um, preview match for the upcoming IWGP Junior Title match that that's you know on the horizon next month. But I think the thing that everyone was sort of really wondering when it came to storylines was what a recently heel turned Leo Rush would look like teaming with Yo. How are, how are the alignments going to work with him and Chaos and everything like that? And they definitely showed that he's not quite the same guy that he was when he was last in new Japan, he's definitely taken on more of a heelish demeanor, but he was still loyal with yo. There really was no, nothing definitive that came into play. No teases of dissension, anything like that. And so for better or for worse, this kind of just played out like your average road to junior tag team preview style match, uh, aside from him just working a, a slightly more heelish demeanor. It's pretty much what we'd already been getting before. And I, I sort of was hoping that they would give us something. They didn't really give us anything in, in terms of furthering that storyline. I love this match. I, I think Leo and, and, uh, and your are awesome together. Um, you know, this match actually made it built heat for, uh, for that upcoming three-way match. Um, seeing Leo and, and Hiromo go they're they're incredible together. They've got great chemistry. They work really fast. Leo just, he's the guy, dude is so crisp. Um, he, he does some unbelievable stuff in, in the ring. And, you know, I think he's, I think he's destined to hold that gold. If he's planning on sticking around. Um, I think he's definitely a guy that you could throw the belt on and he would carry it with prestige. He would have good programs. I think he's a, character that uh japanese fans can get invested in um and he's he's every bit as charismatic as as hiromu so like if they do do a a title change leo's that guy for me yeah i think leo and hiromu have great chemistry and like you were saying josh yeah i thought that we had potentially we're gonna see something because especially you know one of the the heel stuff that leo did was at the junior festival um when he got the, the pinfall over hiromu on that show and then an impact he cheated against Kushida so he's been like cheating against like New Japan guys and we've seen impact and New Japan have somewhat of a synergy with their storylines and their characters yeah. 
So I was like, all right, maybe, yeah, maybe we're going to see something. But yeah, we just got new music, new, you know, new entrance gear, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Leo's always kind of already had a, kind of a heel leaning demeanor. Just just his personality is kind of that very, always been that very kind of cocky guy. So yeah, nothing new there. But yeah, fun matchup, um, a lot of great chemistry. I'm also wondering if this is going to be uh, any implications for Super Junior Tag League, which is coming up next month. Um uh, Leo Rush and Yo won the tournament last year. Uh, we know Hiromu and Bushi have been in the tournament before. Could it be Hiromu and Bushi? Could it be Teton and Bushi? Um, I guess we'll uh, see there. But uh, Leo got the win here over Bushi with the final hour frog splash in the post match. Hiromu, he was trying to, you know, mention Speedball to kind of throw in that, you know, wedge there. And he's just like, Where is Speedball? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know he's got that rush hour. Uh, splash, but is that's not his primary finisher, right? Uh, he's he's finished people with before, yeah. The, the final hour frog splash is either the that final hour or the um, the, that the come up stunner thing. Mm, okay, I'm always trying to remember like which one's his definitive finisher because I feel like I've seen people kick out of that that splash quite a bit, which you know, I, but you know, Bushi did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I so in the backstage comments, I don't know if you guys saw, but Leo was Leo was talking to the camera and he's he says to Yo, "What do you got to say to them, Yo? Tell them, tell them." And Yo has this blank look on his face where he has no idea what's going on, and Leo says to him, "Hype me up, man! Hype me up!" <laughs> he's like begging him to do something. And then he ends up just walking away. It was one of the most awkward things I've ever seen. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know if he's got like the hamster wheel is just, you know, it's not running very fast or, or what it is with him, but he is like, it's like, he's not even there. Like he was probably, he's probably thinking about his next poop sculpture. Bro, I swear to God, I was going to say the exact same thing. You were on the same wavelength. You took the joke out of my mouth. I was thinking, like, he's got Dookie on the brain. He's dreaming. You guys don't know what we're talking about. Something's not right with that guy. You know, just look at his artwork. Art, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Leo kind of pretty much saying what we all are saying, you know, show us something, yo, do something. <laughs> yeah, hype me up, man, hype me up. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, following that, we had the TMDK team of Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. Defeating Kazuchika Okada and Tomohiro Ishii 12 minutes and 15 seconds. I thought that this match was awesome. And it's kind of interesting because everything that, preceded it had a actual you know well-built reason for happening in terms of like previewing future matches and and not to say that nothing could come out of this but there's nothing distinctly being built for in this match between Ishii and Okada and Bad Dutito and and uh Zack Sabre Jr you can't really draw a, a direct line to a future matchup that's happening right now that we know of between these guys so um, it is interesting how they kind of treated this more seriously and, and worked at a faster pace, work rate, higher, you know, harder hitting than a lot of the stuff on the undercard. Um, I thought, uh, again, 
we've been so impressed with Badu Tito the entire time that he's been in New Japan, but I feel like now he's even more so coming into his own. I don't know if maybe they trust him to do more, if he's getting more comfortable, but he really is like outstanding and a guy that I'm like, damn, if, if they give him the like go ahead, he could be something special here in New Japan. Um, just so impressive. Uh, not just, I mean, working with Okada and Ishii, but like he, I mean, think about it. He's working with three of the best modern workers in the world, and he doesn't look out of place at all. And most wrestling fans, unless you're a diehard, like, you know, like a real, real diehard, most wrestling fans don't know who Bad Dude Tito is, but I feel like very soon in the near future, they're going to know. Yeah, this match was awesome. Every aspect, the work, the pace, everything hit for me. Um, you know, Okada, Okada and Big Teats is the, I think, is the matchup we need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, the guys, the guys earned it. Like he is, he's over with the crowd. Um, the work is of, of good enough quality. Um, you know, all I think all uh, Big Teats needs is a pair of Pit Viper shades to to complete his look, um, and he'll come out. Uh, He'll come out looking like a star, man. Yeah, it's funny. What, uh, what's what's Pit Viper? What is that? The, the Pit Viper shades? Oh, they're they're these like really like trendy shades. They're like um, they have like they're the early '90s, late '80s, uh, like full face glasses. That they're like they got the neon. They're neon shades. They're oh, like very Macho like man. they're very like early 90s late 80s shades and they've they've had a huge resurgence i know what those are i just didn't know that's what they're called yeah they're they're very trendy now it's funny my wife was in the room uh when i was watching this and she's just like why do they keep saying big tits (laughs) (laughs) i mean that would be an appropriate name too (laughs) no big teats (laughs) Oh man, but yeah, dude, Bad Dude Tito is the man. I, I've been on the the Bad Dude Tito bandwagon for quite some time now, and uh, yeah, like you were saying, Josh, every time he's out there, he gets better and better, and did not feel out of place in there with Okada and Ishii. And I, I would, I know he already had a singles with Okada, but run that back, run a singles with Ishii. Let's get Bad Dude Tito in the G One next year. Like, I think there's a lot of upside. And bad dude Tito in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's definitely somebody I, I will put my stocks in. I, I know that they're having a hard time consistently bringing over foreigners and paying them well, but he's a guy that, you know, if you're going to free up that Osprey budget next year, I'm like, he's a guy that he should be coming in more often. Yeah, he's a guy that, um, this company has a lot of great up and coming talent, obviously, and there's for sure some people that are not being utilized to their fullest strengths. But when I look at like the ratio of how they're being used to the upside of what they could be provided, they were given the right push and platform. I feel like there's, and this might be a bold statement, but I feel like there might be no underutilized guy that has more untapped potential than him. Um, Maybe, you know, I put him in the very close same category as like ELP and like Gabe Kidd. You know, mm. and that's like that's really saying something because he's a guy that's much more of an unknown commodity even compared to them. So, um, yeah, the 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 finish of this match was um, Zack Saber Jr. getting the uh, 
uh, roll-up win over uh, Ishii, and I feel like this was specifically designed to sort of feed into his upcoming match with Brian Danielson at Wrestle Dream specifically. Yeah, they had that insane like high speed spot right when they right when they first sort of locked up. They were going back and forth and missing missing kicks, missing clotheslines, and all that kind of stuff. I, I thought that was that was really impressive. That was uh, some nice work. Yeah, Saber and Ishii always have uh, amazing chemistry. That sequence was uh, pretty great. I was like, man, Ishii moving at that speed, get that man in in the junior division. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that sequence is great. Uh, great finish there. And yeah, post match, Saber and Tito were pointing towards the never open weight championship. So like I kind of was mentioning last week, I feel like we're gonna get some kind of TMDK team challenging Okada, Ishii, and uh, Tanahashi. So guessing it looks like it'll be Saber, Tito, and somebody else. I don't know if you, you pull off Haste or Nichols or you. You bring in Robbie Eagles or you bring back Vegeta to be the third man, but clearly that match is on the horizon. One last thing before we move on, because this kind of was the capitalization or the top of the card for the undercard portion of the show before we start moving into the more important title matches and, and special singles matches. Um, as good as the, the undercard was, and it wasn't like too lengthy, I still have to wonder if at four hours this particular show needed to be four hours long it you know i feel like it probably could have gotten away with just being a three-hour show like i'm of the opinion that when you have a four-hour show or or longer it needs to feel like a top-end wrestle kingdom or dominion style show where it's like everything is just hitting on all cylinders and you're just in like enthralled the whole time and when you have like an hour and a half of undercard filler like this granted i understand that they want to get everyone on the show and they want to give people their money's worth and stuff but i i felt like it was a little bit of a slog i don't know if you need to cut some of these matches or cut some of the time of the overall card but i don't think the show needed to be four hours personally yeah it was a little long for me i saw the uh i saw the timestamp in the morning when i uh when i woke up i was like oh gotta let the wife know i'm in i'm in for a bit <laughs> Hey, I'm can't take the kid to the birthday party uh, this afternoon. I got got to watch Destruction in Kobe. <laughs> yeah, I, kind of the same thing for me. I woke up, I was like, let's see what the runtime is. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a nice, you know, three hours, probably four hours and twenty minutes. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, they definitely could have yeah, cut bro. some of this stuff. Like, I, I get you want to have like Leo Rush on the tour, but you know he's main eventing Corkin this weekend. They they could have. Cut that match. No, they can't because Jeremy Corkins are not major shows. Mm. Okay. They're not important. <laughs> uh War Dogs against Kevin Knight and Tiger Mask. Did we did we really need that one? Like the uh, KOPW, did we need <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should talk about that now. <laughs> yeah, this this match, you know, a, a lot of attention, a lot of questions about this matchup, so we have the uh, provisional KOPW title match, no time li- limit, seconds handcuffed. Show defeats Taichi to become the new provisional 2023 KOPW champion. Gentlemen, now, your thoughts? The, the runtime is 13 minutes, but that's the actual match itself. That's not including all of the pre-show and post-match. I mean, there was like 
a lengthy video package. Then both guys had to make their entrances. Then we had to sit there while all of the referees came down and did all the rigmarole, you know, handcuffing all the different wrestlers to each other. And they've all got issues with it. So it's just going on and on and on. And then, and actually I will say this. I liked the video package. I don't know who did the music. But I fucking loved the the music for this video package. It reminded me of like all the 1970s and early 80s uh, Japanese wrestling um, entrance musics that we that we've heard over the years. I don't know. I just liked it. But you know, we had a a long and lengthy setup before the match even started, and then they went another 13 minutes, and it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. It was it was kind of just a I don't know. It it was a a fucking lumberjack match with guys handcuffed to each other, which wasn't super engaging or enthralling. It it was less interesting than it even sounds like it would be. And then at the very tail end of it, 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 they're still like cheating, but I don't know. It's not really cheating because there's no DQ, but we're going to still boo them because they're acting nefariously. And then at the tail end of the match, um, Kanemaru comes down with, you know, his Satori special uh, whiskey. And that's like, it was very clear from that moment that like this man is turning. Um, shout out to friends over at Super J cast. They seem to be teasing this past week that they were aware that this was on the horizon. I don't know who's feeding those guys info, but somebody, somebody's letting some shit slip because they knew we, that we were going from just five guys to just four guys. But um, yeah, he, he, loads up the Satori and it seems like he's going to spray in the face of, of show. He turns on Tai Chi, they hit him with the bottle show gives him the, you know, volt damage, whatever the fuck his name, the <laughs> move is called shock arrow. The, the what shock arrow, the Falcon arrow, the direct drive, something. <laughs> the volt damage. <laughs> the caution like tape. a Pokemon move. Gives him the caution tape and he pins him one, two, three. Gives him the thunderbolt. <laughs> and instead of just five guys, we now have a fifth permanent member of House of Torture, just what everybody was asking for. You know what make House of Torture better? Kanamaru. So, <laughs> and then they actually, and, actually, it would. It, <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> and then they uh, they jumped all the you know just four guys that were still there. They you know handcuffed them to the to the ring, and then you know they all jumped Tai Chi and beat his ass. And the one compelling thing here. Seven years of friendship down the tube between Kanemaru and Tai Chi. That was pretty compelling, but I don't know, man. This is just a really long angle. I didn't, I don't know. Oh, this was the dumbest thing ever. And the whole <laughs> setup <laughs> from the handcuffs and everything, I was like, just five guys look like total dopes. Like, punch the guy like mm-hmm. stop him from, from cheating you don't see the guy has the powder in his hand what like what is going on here this it was they made them look like total idiots they don't need that they're they're doing it just fine on their own um and like this the long con by by uncle nobu here was like i thought it was pretty good because i was sold i thought he blew out his knee like i i i I that was great, great little bit of acting there. Wait, and are you saying you think that the knee injury was fake? No, I thought it was real. No, but at this point, you think it, it was a work because I'm still I still thought it was real up until this point. Now, now, 
now I got the tinfoil hat on with you. Like, is was, was this all work no. all along? Yeah, I yeah, think, I think it's it. all. He faked the knee injury. Yeah, he was walking fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> he hit the guy with the brain buster. You can't do that with a like blowed out knee or. Ken. Hey, Ken. Well, Obvious it, cooperation. Well, it, uh, Chris had pointed out uh, at the beginning of the tour, there was like one match where like when Kanemaru ran out and like how the torture all ran away and didn't attack him. And it's like because he's a, he was in on this whole plan. Who said Chris? Who Charlton? Yeah. Bro, you're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> I I just thought he was recovered from whatever his knee ailment was. Nah, man, it, it was a work. No, that's what? a con, man. The but they con. did. They did the black and white logo. They I, you can't do the black and white logo and lie. They're, they're oh, learning man. to to use that <laughs> to work us. These motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the old works, the new work. We're <laughs> never gonna trust them ever again, bro. <laughs> the fuck. It's like when they. It's like when when wrestlers are are working an injury angle and the referee throws up the X. That used to mean something. But not anymore, you know. Nothing can be sacred in this fucking company. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> not even the black and white logo. For shame. For oh, shame. Man. No, but honestly, I do think I think Kanemaru. My one thing about Kanemaru is like he, yeah, he's a heel, but he's at least a creative heel. The things that he does in his matches to get wins are very creative, even in their even if they're in a heelish manner, right? House of Torture does the same shtick every single week, and it sucks. And it's like I don't know if you heard that 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 one fan in the crowd after he was like, "Boo, boo, boo!" And he's the only guy in the entire arena you could hear. It was weird. Like, so like that's why I just I don't terrible loss for Taiji too. Like just just terrible like and this goes back to my point how do you get over beating these guys like even if you get your comeuppance on these guys does it even matter like it doesn't it doesn't it's not satisfying at all yeah um you know overall yeah. i thought i thought the angle was great um as far as kanamaru coming back because yeah i thought this man you know pulled events pulled a kevin nash Tore, tore all his stuff. You know he's gonna be out for like six months to a year. Nah. Oh my god, that whole thing wasn't real. <laughs> now I'm thinking more about it. I'm like, wait, because I forgot how. He, well, bro, he got injured. He got injured in the match where he slid into the ring. That yeah. shit was fake. Yeah, oh, bro. Remember how god. quick Doki ran out? We're like, oh, that's so. You know, luckily Doki <gasps> was there and in his gear, like not no. not showered and like was ready to go cut the promo <laughs> not yeah, he's gonna be a lumberjack not he's gonna be a lumberjack juice robinson swerve have i been worked so hard uh yeah this is this is yeah, it's angle of the year material uh here uh so yeah the, the angle is good the match was not good and yeah i thought just five guys i guess are just four guys now they they look like geeks and uh, Sonata man, this guy had no emotion. He's sitting there. He's handcuffed to the ropes. They're being tied to you. He's just dull, uh, uh, um, facial expression, like no, no emotion, no drama. Just kind of sitting there. I'm like, dude, like your boy's getting beat up. Another one of your boys just turned on you. Like you, you, this whole lumberjack thing you want is about to happen. Like you're you're outnumbered. Like show some care. Show some. Dr- 
get get fired up, like yell at them, curse, go, kick. I know, you, I know you, you're handcuffed, but you know, try to kick at them. Do do something, man. Uh, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't watch Adam Cole. Uh, right, yeah, watching <laughs> watching Britt Baker get get beat with the kendo stick. I didn't. You can take some notes. Oh. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was quite the scene. Adam Cole was handcuffed, and Jericho or uh, someone was beating Britt with a with a kendo stick, and he's like, "Britt, no, no," just being Adam Cole, right? But well, like Jericho was again, beating her with the kendo it, it was, stick. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, I think it was it, Ty Conti. Yeah, it was Ty Conti. It was, oh, that, it was that makes totally it different. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, what was I? What was I getting at here? Um, yeah. So. A lot of the comments that that I was reading, particularly on Cage Match, and they really resonated with me. Is like this: it was this match was soulless, and Sonata is absolutely soulless. Like he has no fire. The guy's got he's got no fire, man. Like yeah. there's there his his level from low to high is so narrow. That band is so narrow that. You just can't live and die with the guy because you don't get too low and you never get the the ecstasy of like victory with him. So it's just yeah, there's there's nothing there. Like it, it's because it, you don't understand the quiet charisma of Sonata. Okay. He's super over with the Japanese crowd. You just don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why they were that's why there was one guy in that crowd who was devastated with what happened. (laughs) (laughs) There was, um, there was also something not during this match. I don't think maybe it was, it could have been the other match on the undercard involving these guys, but, um, they were, he had his hand, like Sonata had his hands on the title and he didn't seem to fucking care that like evil still has the title. And then apparently a piece of the title belt broke off. I don't know if you guys saw that. Like he was holding a piece of the gold, and I'm like, they broke the fucking title, like, and and he's just like, he just looked at it and he just tossed it aside. I'm like, bro, <laughs> like you're the baby face. You stole your title. Now it's broke. You should be like, fucking, you know, angry or devastated or hurt or upset. Some, something. Something. Nothing, something. Nothing. He's not even he's trying a, to get it back. No, he's a cold skull, man. It sucks. Be the hot skull, man. <laughs> fire, fire uh, up. But uh, you know, the one guy that did show emotion was Tai Chi. This man. Tai Chi was upset. This man was hurt. Was hurt. Sad. This man was out here, you know, crying in the middle of the ring. His boy, Kanamaru, you know, they, they've broken bread together. You know, bar- barbecue at Lance uh, Lance Archer's house in Texas. You know, these guys go way back, you know, Suzuki Goon days and all this stuff. And, yeah, Uncle Nobu, the, the drunk uncle, turned on him, threw the friendship aside to join the House of Torture. Uh, tai Chi's asked for a, a leave of absence for the, the rest of the tour. This, this man's broken up. Wow. And you know what's funny? He came out with new gear. The gear had like purple embroidery instead of the gold. And I was like, new gear. This man might be retaining. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> well, we have yeah, man. I, I'll go ahead, MJ. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I Tai Chi is he's special, man. That guy can tell stories. A guy can tell very complex emotional stories. Um, and like, that's that's for a subset of of new japan fans is really that's really what they're looking for these very layered emotional 
complex characters and like tai chi's one of the best man like even in some of the matches that he's had that will osprey match the okada match and the g1 were like very emotional storytelling matches um he's done it he's done it time and time again and like he's like he's climbing up my like i'm hoping for something really big from from tai chi after this heartbreak um and uh he said something before just five guys started about learning about true true love uh or finding true love or something like that so i think that's this is all part of that that long story him getting rejected by nobu rejected by tam nakano um so (laughs) i think uh I think we're he's in for he's in for something good. He's, he's due. Basically, when you talk about layered, you know, characters that can tell incredible stories, you're, he's basically New Japan's Adam Cole and MJF, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a brochacho for sure. He's a brochacho. Donna brochacho. Minus the dancing. <laughs> no, but um, there is there is a lot of um. You know, there's some fans out there that are like, you know, sort of just dive into New Japan, like for the big shows and, you know, the parachute in and, and whatever that. And that's fine. But like for the diehards, I do think that uh, some of the story points that you brought up there, uh, MJ, is totally valid. Like Tai Chi does have a lot of lore in his storyline uh, that, you know, maybe not always the most attention is or light is put on by maybe say commentary, even though they do a great job. Um, he's like kind of quietly building up this long lengthy lore. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, several questions here from listeners about this matchup. Uh, oh, first wow. from uh, Rambo and Slam Pigs is this Kanamaru joining House of Torture account as a heel turn or just a lateral move? He, he wasn't really a baby face before. He was a, face leaning tweener and now he's full-fledged heel he's the heel master and now he's like the heel heel master shit bag yeah i mean a guy with the nickname heel master you always gotta you know keep your eyes on uh so yeah but but overall just five guys was a a face leaning tweener kind of group and kanamaru uh, also, he still kind of worked some a similar style. It wasn't full on babyface, but clearly that was kind of the direction the faction was going. So, in, in a way, it's kind of a heel turn, but also kind of not. Uh, Death Triangle Seven Twenty says, "Is Gato just sabotaging Sonata with this shit feud with House of Torture, or is it Sonata's fault for not showing any anger whenever Evil comes out with the title?" Yes. Yes, it's Sonata's fault. It's all Sonata's fault. Gato gave him every opportunity in the world. Gato has given this guy more opportunities than he deserves, and he is—he's just not delivered. He's cold skulled it the whole time. It's his fault. I do wonder. You know, I do wonder if there's something that we, as Western fans, are missing that's not translating on the screen that we're not privy to, like what is it that they decided to keep the title on this guy for this length of time through this many pivotal er- like moments and, and times of the calendar year to get him all the way to the Tokyo Dome to drop the title to Naito? It seems, I don't know. I, I, di- I didn't expect it. And um, I don't know. Like it's gotta I, be I, one of the, we- one of the weakest title reigns in like 
decades of this company. Yeah. I don't think it's his story. This is why. I think it's Naito. He's playing the the role in, in Naito's story. The big roll call at the end, which is what everybody's waiting for, right? And it's going to be... Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like, he, he, had this, he had an opportunity, right? Probably knew the start and end point. He had an opportunity to make this reign his own in between this start and finish is, is all you, buddy. Mm-hmm. However, you're going to lose to your buddy Naito in the main event. Um, the rest is you. This mm-hmm. reign is you. Make it as special. Make you as big as a credible challenger for Naito. But that's the that's the real story, right? That's the money story. It's not Sonata's reign. He's the anti-superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, I totally agree with you, MJ. I feel like Gato has given this guy every chance. He's given him the push. He put the belt on him. And, yes, he, he's feuding with how to torture and evil. But a lot of top guys over the decades, over, all over wrestling, have gotten bad opponents, bad storylines, and have made, found a way to make it great. Like, you, mm-hmm. you show that fire. You, you cut a fiery promo. You show some emotion. There's been a lot of stuff over the history of wrestling where you look at it, you're like, man, this is not great. But a top guy, a true top guy, a superstar, a main event caliber Hall of Fame talent can make it great. They haven't had Sonata beating tip-top competition in this title reign, but they've given him a lot of fantastic dance partners along the way. You look at his G1 run, you look at all the title defenses that he had prior to now and the one asterisk you could put towards all of it is like, okay, he has to have evil at destruction. That does kind of suck, but everything leading up to it, they gave him, like you guys said, all every opportunity in the world to prove himself as like, you know, maybe not a tip, tip top guy, but a guy that could have definitely been like your gatekeeper, you know, you're, you're the guy that you need to beat to be in title contention, someone that's always in the title picture sort of uh, environment. And I, I don't see that happening after this, after January, honestly. Yeah. I could easily see him kind of being like evil after evil won the title, you know, evil sled down the card. It was, you know, doing a lot of the opening stuff, a lot of six man stuff. I, I could easily see Sonata falling in that role after losing the title. Yeah, but Evil's a guy that they still have that, you know, you can always heat him up a little bit and get the crowd being like, fuck, I hope they don't go with this guy. And you're and it, there's a little bit of credibility there to where you're worried that they might go with him. I don't think they can do that with Sonata after this. I think, like, there's not enough there for anyone to feel one way or the other, positively or negatively, about him as a as a top guy, he's just kind of going to go back to being Sonata once this is done. And that's not necessarily a good thing for just five guys as a, or four guys or another thing. They should have never named the team after the amount of people that are in the group. (laughs) Now, now the shirts, like you mentioned, they're grifting and like, eventually they're going to have more than five guys. It's, it's not good. They they never took down the just four guys shirts from the token shop. (laughs) And they were sell. They're still selling them at full price. They didn't like <gasps> discount them. Like they're still full price. So this whole time they've been selling just four guys stuff Bro, and just these five guys. People are fucking grift. Grifters, collectors items. These are collectors <laughs> items, guys. Just just five grifters is, is what. 
going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh Death Triangle seven twenty also says, should there be some young minds in the creative room? The main title booking currently is not exciting and it makes the champion look like a dummy. That ain't Gato's fault, man. This is Sonata's fault. This is all Sonata being a dope, being a soulless dope. And I, I wanted him, I wanted him to to have a new coat of paint. He is the same guy with the pirate gear, with the skulls on his shoulders, as he is with the the sweet blue robe and the black hair. He is he's no different. He just has different hair and a different jacket. Um, he has not changed as a as a character, as a wrestler, or anything else. Um, so I am just fully disappointed, and I think it's the majority is on him. Yeah, if if, if you want to blame Gato for anything, blame Gato for giving him the belt <laughs> in the first place. Uh, blame Gato for not keeping the belt on Okada or putting it on Will Osprey. That's what you should blame Gato for. I mean, I like the idea that the company tries new things from time to time. It's yeah. been one of one of the um, you know criticisms of them in the past that they don't do enough of this. But uh, I'm also not opposed to the idea that there should be other young minds in the creative team. I don't know who's on that team as it stands. So, I mean, I couldn't say who needs to go, who needs to come in. But I don't think it's ever a bad idea to have you know, fresh up takes necessarily. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. 890 says just five guys have dedicated a lot of merch already into the five guys moniker. Do you <laughs> think they'll get a fifth member again soon or just stick to just four guys? What's the chances of Yuya being the new just fifth guy? I hope that long-term the, the trend of this group is that they vacillate between four and five members long term so that you can always kind of dust off the various different gear <laughs> like merches that you've purchased for them when it's appropriate yeah and i wonder if they're gonna have to you know re- do redo the music and have two stingers of you know just four guys <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean yuya coming in and being the new just fifth guy doesn't scream uh top act but maybe i don't know given sonata's track record they might need a new uh a new star in that stable seriously and the more i think about it you know maybe maybe if he comes back and and gives some like direction and passion and has you know stick sonata with tai chi let him have a run with with the belts like that's where they're best that's where they're they've both performed best tai chi is a an amazing singles wrestler. In fact, I think he's better than Sonata. He's had way better matches that I've enjoyed for, for my money than Sonata has. Um, and so like, I think Tai Chi could do either, but you know, dangerous techers was a top, top five, top 10 tag team in the world when they were on their run, you know, Sonata's a good tag team wrestler. So, you know, I think them with their, with their story, Tai Chi can lead the way with the with the charisma, with the storytelling. I think it would benefit uh, benefit Sonata a lot. You know, letting Yuya putting Yuya in that in that type of a position. They've shown that they're not afraid with with Suji and with Shota um, to put them in positions of you know sink or swim. 
So maybe they do the same with with Yuya. Who knows? Sonata is what would have happened if they'd put like the world title on Bobby Eaton or Arn Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, A lot of throwback references for me tonight. I don't know why. I just feeling it. And uh, for people who don't know, Yuya Yuamura, he got the the fired uh, briefcase from the Feaster Fired match in Impact Wrestling. So this coming up Thursday is going to be his last Impact appearance or having a go-away ceremony. So lots of speculation that he's going to be coming back to New Japan soon. And yeah, I mean, he could be um, a new member for Just Five Guys. Um, I mean, I don't think long-term is the, the best thing for him unless he's going to kind of take it over, which, I mean... Based off his skill level, I, I think he could do that. Uh, next question here from DJ Aftershock. Is House of Torture being potentially overexposed right now? Yes. Too much. So bad. Yeah, probably. But hopefully, you know, this feud will end and then we'll move on from House of Torture. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're more exposed than any other unit that, that was on this card, but... I guess their antics are just so much, it kind of feels like they're constantly in your face. Um, you know, you, you know that they're going to disappoint you. You get the feeling beforehand that they're going to ruin this for you and they're going to make it unenjoyable for you, and they don't disappoint. They do it every time. <laughs> and it's just amazing how they can continue to do this and not give you just one, just a scrap of like... <laughs> something impressive like show <laughs> give me something like show me two minutes of like your old self for a second there like give me something that isn't like so stupid um like i it, it, i hate to use the same, same word over and over again but that's what i just come back to it's it's just i've gotten worse on them like i've i wanted to give them like the benefit of the doubt here like they're playing a role they're playing the role well but it's so old in the tooth because they're not it nothing is creative about it they're not doing stuff even like yano like you know you watch yano for like a couple of years and you're like oh that's he's pretty inventive but like 10 years on you've seen it enough it's the same old stuff they've done the same old stuff and they've only been around for like a year and a half or two years or whatever it's just brutal yeah my thing is like I get that you want them to cheat and get heat and be heels, but and I don't get why can't you all, you cheat and get heat and also have good matches. Like you look through the history of wrestling, there are tons of heels that cheat and get heat and still end up having great wrestling matches. So I, I hate when people are like, "Oh well, they're they're getting heat." Well, why can't they get heat and it be good heat? Um, so yeah, I feel like one of the advantages of a podcast like this is the ability to vent and rant for the world to hear. Like I a hundred percent agree with you, MJ, like, but I'm not, I'm not there emotionally because I've already gotten all of this out of my system for so many <laughs> months in the past. Like, you know, it, it, they suck. It is what it is. Like, you know. uh, he also, but I agree with you. I've been there. I've, yeah. I've, and if I've honestly, done this rant, <laughs> If I wasn't coming on the show, you know, I'm fast forwarding through this match. I'm not watching it. <laughs> so you're welcome, world. That, that's a luxury we don't have. I've I've never fast forwarded through a through a house of torture match. I would love to. I think there's been a couple times I put them on 1.5. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say okay. Oh, is that fast forwarding? I watch a lot of this shit on 2.0, but 
I guess I do fast forward, but I never like fully oh, skipped. Yeah. You know, I was watching. Yeah. Uh, DJ oh, also. Oh, there's a Groat Rider. Oh, there's a ref bump. <laughs> low blow. Oh, low blow. All right. Move uh, on. DJ also asked, he said, Ob- obligatory question about what you think the future plan will be for Yuya Uemura. The ace of the fucking universe. <laughs> you don't know. Um, I mean, right now, uh, you kind of have to look. Shota Umino seems to be very much at, at the current time poised to be like one of the main players in Hantai. I guess it could be interesting if you brought Yuya Uemura back and also put him in Hantai as well. Maybe there's an uneasy alliance. Maybe they could team together. You know, that's a possibility. But then you look at um, Suji is firmly aligned with LIJ. So where do where if you're not putting him in Hantai or LIJ, do you end up putting Yuya Uemura? I, I don't think bullet club necessarily works because they've got a lot of young hungry guys i don't think necessarily god works as a subunit they've got hikaleo and and that whole thing with elp just five guys i guess he could show up there i don't know if united empire works like i don't know maybe just five guys is the best place for him to land because there is there's no suzuki goon i don't know strong style man what are you what's the yeah. narita <laughs> Yeah, maybe even Reed is there. Yeah, but is he there? Like he seems like the lowest <laughs> on the totem pole right now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he could be Sonata 2.0, man. Like honestly, he doesn't have. I don't see. Actually, that's a lie. He's got a little bit more fire than than Sonata does. But for me, like the pecking order is has has sort of. Sh- shaking itself out between those three. Um, I'll be interested to see where, where Yuya lands because, um, and you know what, it make it does make sense. Just five guys, just four guys. They need another um, to fill this, fill this lumberjack spot. If he's back in time, it's kind of like a, I don't know if I'd be super stoked about that as like a debut for him, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, right, right now is not necessarily the time. Well, maybe I'm wrong on this, but it feels like it's not the right time for them to do anything super spectacular with him. Everybody that is going to be a main event player in uh, Wrestle Kingdom seems to mostly have a dance partner already set, ready to go. So maybe bringing him into just five guys at this particular time would be a good fit. And who knows? Maybe he's the rock to Sonatas Farouk. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you could throw him in uh, a World Tag League with, with a Tai Chi um, to kind of get him you know, acclimated and get him kind of moving along and do something cool until you're ready to kind of pull the tra- trigger of him. Put him in there with Doki just because. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was going to say, like, this uh, Kanemaru defection like really screws over Doki for for tag league man. like what are we gonna i was looking forward to some for some Doki and Kanemaru action man but uh yeah well Maybe. the word on the street was that the main catalyst for why they did this was so show could have a strong partner for the junior tag league so take that for what it's worth Doki can bring in a low rider <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Less Commission 7252 says all members of House of Torture have betrayed their own partner or faction. Who has betrayed their partner or faction better from this group? 
I don't know. It's gotta be. Care. It's gotta be Kanemaru. Come on. I guess I, I don't really care about House of Torture lore to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> we could argue about you know the merits of Evil's defection versus the multiple Yujiro defections or shows. I just I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Uh, Hawaiian Punch PV says, "Are we getting a Kanemaru that's going to start taking it easy in his matches just because he's joined House of Torture? When do you guys think we'll get a House of Torture team that will cheat less and wrestle better matches? Evil and Show haven't reached that level since they've turned. Yujiro wearing a T-shirt hasn't tried since he got his G1 appearances. Dick Togo hasn't shown flashes in New Japan, but every time he wrestles outside of New Japan, he's shown that he can still go." I am shocked we have this many questions. <laughs> big turn, man. This fucking this is, yeah, this is shocking, dude. People like, are invested in the in Kanemaru. Un- Uncle Nobu. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. Kanemaru wasn't trying that hard in Suzuki Goon. He was kind of resting on the laurels of the of the of the shtick that that group was kind of invested in at the time and it was few and far between when we saw great performances from him mainly in like best of the super juniors or you know isolated junior tag title matches with him and um that's me him and desperado so do i think that he's gonna suddenly turn the tide and and if like is he going to change house of torture and reform it from the inside out no like he's just gonna acclimate to what the fuck they do and just maybe add a new wrinkle to the way they cheat, but they're just going to keep doing the same sh- yeah. same shtick. And like, do I think he's going to get lazier working with him? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's <laughs> aging. Like, of course he is. He, Why wouldn't didn't, he? They didn't have a guy who spit stuff in people's faces and now they do. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, Bushi, he spits mist. Uh, Great Okan, he spits mist sometime. Man, we're, we're really missing a spitter. Uh, yeah. Well, that is That is a missing component. They're going to add that and it's just going to be an extra added element to the other shit they already do. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Kanemaru's going to pretty much take his act from Suzuki and copy that and, and bring it over and have the torture. I mean, um, then uh, last set of questions here from Barry Walsh on this. He says, to- last set. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He has two questions. Uh, he says, uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He said, did Kanemaru turn on just five guys so he and Sho could be a tag in Junior Tag League? Are there that few Junior Tag teams that it necessitates this? Any opinions? That is why, from what I understand, mainly. Yeah, I mean. It seems like a bad decision, though. Like, I mean, what? I mean, I guess he fits in there, but like, like, oh, well, Sho needs a tag team partner. We got to get him someone. Like, yeah. That's why they did it. (laughs) It's crazy. It's it, it's crazy that it's Kanemaru because a lot of the times, and like last year in, in Tag League, they had like a, they had like a, a senpai and a and a sort of younger guy working together, and like Show's been around, man. He doesn't need he doesn't need like a, he doesn't need a dad with him, right? He like he doesn't need Kanemaru's guidance, I guess. Uh, but you know, whatever. Well, as I mentioned earlier, they. They're putting these two guys together, not so that he can have a pin eater. They're putting him in, them together so they can have a strong junior tag team. Which means contender. they're yeah, they're probably going to rank very high in the. They're going to do well in this tournament. I mean, like they didn't bring Kanemaru in to be the the pin eater. Although I'm sure of the two, he probably will be the pin eater. But like they're probably going to do really well in the tournament. They don't usually do 
turns like this right before the tournament to set up a loser. Like they're gonna, they might win the thing, honestly. Right, and obviously both guys with um, great junior tag experience with Conor Despi and a, a show with uh, Yo. Uh, so yeah, those guys are probably gonna they're gonna throw that quote unquote experience edge together and probably will. I still can't get over the fact he fucking faked this knee injury. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, Barry's last question. He says, I know fantasy booking is not your thing, but with the next tag champs being a symbolic 100th champs, I have a feeling for a while it'll be a team of some stature ticket, but today I had another thought. Does it make sense to have Sonata lose to Evil, who then loses to Knight to Wrestle Kingdom, thus freeing Sonata and Taichi to win the tag goal January 4th? They always seem like best mates and a handy way to get a belt back on Sonata, but also get the world title off him too, as it's been an average reign at best. Wait, so he, when is he going to lose the title to Naito? Because that's supposed to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. That doesn't make sense. No, he's saying Sonata loses to Evil, and Evil oh, loses no. to Naito. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing that shit. <laughs> if Evil is the champion of the world of new of the IWGP leading into the Tokyo Dome, something has gone awry. And Ghetto should be fired. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is booking malpractice. Yeah. Like, we're, we're trying to sell tickets, not, not, you know, create empty seats. Yeah. Imagine imagine you're one of these foreign fans, and they've they've invested in their, in their travel marketing, and you bought your ticket. <laughs> you are ready for January 4th to see Naito and Sonata, and you get swerved. <laughs> it is a evil in the main event of the Tokyo Dude, Dome. There, there's some 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 Lij sickos out there that are like, doesn't matter who the champion is as long as Naito does the roll call. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are probably some Lij sickos who want it to be evil to kind of continue that lore and story from the pandemic. Not like he didn't beat the brakes off of evil during the pandemic in in Jingo Stadium, but whatever. He's got to do it in front of a full cheering Tokyo Dome. You know, for what it's worth, the word on the street is at some point, I don't know how they're going to get there, but at some point, sound it seems like Aussie Open are coming back to New Japan and they're going to be heavily involved in the in the title picture. So hmm. I guess we'll that's see. the word. Well, speaking of the tag title picture, the following match, we had Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Defending the titles, defeating the TMDK team of Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Yeah, um, this match was okay. Uh, it wasn't necessarily what I thought it could be from these guys. I I, I was a little disappointed. And uh, I think the last title match that they had was a lot better. Um, yep. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. The finish was really kind of weird and like sloppy and they sort of had a thing where it seemed like uh tmdk was hitting every single big move on um bishamon and i kept kind of believing that they beat them and they just weren't able to put them away and then out of nowhere um an incapacitated uh who are the members of Bushimon? Yoshiyashi. Goto and uh, Goto. Goto comes and grabs um, uh, Shane Hayes' leg while he's on the top rope. And in the meantime, Yoshihashi is on the back of uh, 
mad Mikey Nichols, and he's able to kind of transition into a, a crucifix bomb and pick up the one, two, three. But the the transition of this whole thing, in theory, it's, it sounded cool, but in the way that it actually was performed was kind of like sloppy and lazy. And I was surprised that they like actually finished that way. And it, it sort of just seemed like Bishamon got through by the skin of their teeth. I, I wasn't overly impressed here. And I thought it was one of the bigger, honestly, bigger disappointments of the night, considering how great both these teams are. I thought it was going to be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a weird match for me. I don't know. I don't know if it's the chemistry or what, or I think Goto got injured in this match. And maybe that was part of the, um, the weird finish where it was like Yoshihashi winning on his own. Um, but like there was a period of time during this match where TMDK were both in the ring for like 10 minutes straight, like no tags, nothing. They were both in the ring, just hitting double team moves for the vast majority of this match, which was weird. And like, normally those are things I don't notice, but this was like, I was like, this isn't a tag match at all. They're just in the ring the whole time. Um, so that that was weird to me. And I think like, you know, this was, I agree with you, young boy, like not not the best showing from from TMDK or Bishamon. Um, I think they got more in them. And I think I've, you know, I've seen more out of both both teams for sure. Um, you know, if it does feel like the the tag division's been on the back burner for for a while now. Um, but you know, tag league's coming up, so probably probably get some get some heat on it there but uh yeah not uh, not my favorite match on the card um not sure what this does for TMDK either so it was a weird decision to not strap them up here i think they've lost this is like their third loss third title match loss so yeah just uh just weird decision don't know where it puts puts those guys yeah, I agree with you guys. I thought this match could have been a lot better. I think there was potential for it to be better. Um, but I just don't know if, yeah, if you mentioned it was the, the Goto injury or just it being so late in the card um, and, and the energy of the crowd, I, I don't know. It just definitely seems like, yeah, there was something that was just quite not right about the match. And, yeah, TMDK, they, they were unloading everything on these guys. Uh, they created that new finisher, that Highway to Hell finisher they created on the tour to... Uh, do that they did that they tried for the, the tank buster you know the thunder valley like they were do, they were hitting all their big tag team moves and couldn't put uh bishamon away and then you mentioned young boy yeah yoshihashi does the the crucifix bomb to uh get the win so yeah it, it was a, a fine matchup could have been better maybe maybe it needed to be spotlighted on like a, a corkin or, or a smaller destruction card instead of on this uh bigger card um, yeah, also a little disappointed that we really didn't get any challengers. I know Tag League is around the corner, but you still got Power Struggle uh, coming up. So I was kind of hoping that uh, somebody would have came out and challenged them to set up the, the next program. Yeah, I think the aim was because this is TMDK's third title shot and they failed to try and make them look as dominant and powerful as possible because they're going to lose. And I just think it didn't work necessarily to get either team over. You know, both teams looked weak as a result of that. Yeah. So uh, moving on to the next matchup, we had the Dragon Shingo Takagi defeating the Great Okan, eleven minutes and twenty-seven seconds. Um, 
I feel like this match is a bit divisive. I think for a lot of folks, they liked this and it worked for them. That's kind of what I heard from a few people I talked to. Um, I didn't hate this match, but I didn't. I wasn't necessarily like blown away either. I thought it was pretty hard hitting, but it wasn't anything that we haven't seen from these guys in the past. And you know, ultimately, Shingo picks up a victory after a hard fought victory. This was another one with. I was a little bit disappointed because I think the the longer we go with um, Okan kind of just uh, inhabiting this nebulous place and i'm not advocating that he needed to win necessarily although that could have helped his case for being a future star um he kind of needs to have like a really breakout performance and and not to say he's not a, a very good wrestler but it feels like it's been years and years we're waiting for that breakout Ocon performance and it just never comes and he's in there with shingo and you know it's kind of hard for there to be a better guy from to have a a really breakout performance with other than Shingo Takagi and it's still not happening. I am wondering if, um, you know, this, this idea that new Japan is high on the guy and they see him as a top, top end act is ever really going to come to pass. But, uh, I guess the match was good for, for what it was hard hitting and, uh, Shingo picks up the win. It seems like because, you know, special singles matches are, are few and far between it probably, lends to the idea that maybe Shingo's next in line for a title shot. Although I don't know if they're going to sneak one of those in before January to round out the overarching Sonata slash secretly Tetsuya Naito storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, here's, here's what I got out of it. Kevin Kelly is knocking great Ogon's playboy lifestyle. Um, but you know what? I got to disagree. This is young Ric Flair. <laughs> He's out there jet set and wheeling and dealing. And, uh, I think GOK can, can live it up with, uh, with the ladies of ill repute. Um, but, <laughs> but here's, here's my theory. I've been, since you guys were talking, I was working on this theory that, um, perhaps Kevin Kelly is dropping crumbs here about great Ocon hanging with porn stars and whatnot. But Tag League's coming up. Hinare is going to be his partner. Tag League is in November. Is it in November? Yep. You know what? You know what Hanare celebrates in November? He's in no, not November. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the change for Great Okan. Oh my God! He's gonna have to do no not November with Hanare so that their powers can combine and they win the World Tag League. Let's go! Let's Bro, go! The hundredth IWGP Tag Team Champions, Team No Nut. Let's fucking do it! You know. Oh my! Gosh. You guys might not like the fantasy book, but this is the kind of stuff I'm. <laughs> Oh, man. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. 
tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. You know, Anyways, I thought the match was the match was average. It was it was okay. I think I'm a little bit on the higher end on this match, and you guys, I, I enjoyed the, the match a lot. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty good match. I thought it was you know very hard hitting. I thought Ocon did a lot of cool stuff. There was the uh, claw um, head and arm suplex that he was doing. Um, he, he had some spots where he kicked out at one. He did a lot of stiff strikes and, and lariats. And, uh, yeah, I thought he thought he looked really good here. I thought he was a little bit more aggressive than he normally is. I feel like he kind of plays around with his opponents a lot of times and kind of leaning into the gimmick. But I thought he was a lot more aggressive here and kind of taking it to Shingo. But obviously Shingo um, just a little bit uh, ahead of him and was able to get the, the last of the dragon and get the win over uh, great Okan, and so yeah, wondering kind of where this is going because um, obviously there was like no contendership or no no other story uh, going in for this match besides kind of what they have built up on the Road to show. So uh, both of these guys seem like they're probably primed for uh, World Tag League. We'll probably get Shingo and Suji, and then yeah, Okan and Hanare. Uh, but yeah, we do have Power Struggle coming up in November before Tag League starts. So yeah, we could get. Maybe Shingo and Sonata to kind of be the last LIJ guy that Sonata goes through before we get to um, Sonata and Naito in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, and and I could I could certainly see him walking out, Shingo walking out after after that match with Evil, and I wouldn't be disappointed with it at all because if anyone can pull anything out of uh, out of that soulless skull, it uh, it would be Shingo. I will be rooting for Shingo to win that match, and let's get Shingo and Naito in the dome. Peeling <laughs> the curtain back just a little bit, I, I took off the headphones. I got up to use the restroom. I went and got myself a little bubbly, you know, grapefruit soda, sparkling water shit. And I come back, and MJ is still burying Sonata on this show. <laughs> still, <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> We're talking about uh, the potential of Sonata or Shingo. Um, oh, I got it. <laughs> uh, so uh, next matchup, semi-main event of the evening for the contendership for the IWGP World Heavyweight title for the, the main event in the Tokyo Dome. Tetsuya Naito defended uh, his, his tote bag against Jeff Cobb, defeated him 14 minutes and 17 seconds. To be clear, the official title shot at January 4th, was put on the line. Official. The IWGB committee sent down a ruling the day before. So, um, you know, this match, it wasn't quite what I expected either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It wasn't bad, but, you know, this was kind of like, this screamed to me like Tetsuya Naito killed himself to put on some of the best performances he's put on in years during like the last three or four nights of the G1. And then, you know, he still hasn't recouped from that, those monumentous efforts necessarily. Um, maybe he's playing the long game. You know, it, we, we all know that he has a lot of ailments. I'm sure this is not me saying like, Oh, the guy's done pack it in. January 4th, we know what's going to happen. Naito's going to, you know, ice up the knees, shoot the Nova Canaan, and go out there and put on <laughs> a damn near five-star performance in, in the Tokyo Dome. But on this night, with Jeff Cobb in Destruction and Kobe, 
Hell no. Like, <laughs> it was sloppy. I don't know. It, it was not hitting. These guys have had a lot better matches with each other. A lot. In fact, I would go on record and say it's probably the worst of their matches. It wasn't bad by any means. But, like, was this the, this was the semi-main event, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, there was just, like, his tornado DDTs were super slow motion. They weren't hitting like they were supposed to. I thought Cobb looked good, but I thought Naito looked like he was struggling a bit. And, uh, you know, hopefully he recoups after this is over. But he picked up the win, but it looked to me like Cobb should have been the <laughs> should have been going to the Tokyo Dome after this one. I don't know. So, so I wonder... I wonder if Will can custom in his last match. Um, cause oh, I'm there was sure a, he did. Yeah. There was a point. So very early in the match, Cobb hit Naito with a belly to belly suplex. And I think, I think they head butted. If you, if you look at uh, Naito has like a, he's got like a mark above his eyebrow and I think they clashed heads mm. and I saw Cobb was doing a lot of talking to Naito through the match. And I wonder if, I wonder if there was a if he thought he googled him maybe like got it like rocked he his did. brain a little bit so uh, he did a better he, job talking to him than Will did you didn't hear him screaming come on Naito son we can get through this <laughs> <laughs> believe in yourself Naito believe in yourself <laughs> oi Naito <laughs> oi bro bro <laughs> come on bro get up <laughs> Oh, oh. I, I, no, I agree. Not their best match by far. It was it was pretty slow uh, for the first eight to ten, but the ending stretch was fine. Probably probably saved it. But yeah, no, I I do wonder if that belly to belly um, Cobb landed on on Naito's head, and he was maybe a bit worried, and that's why they were probably taking it easy. Because um, I like I really think Will probably concussed him, and he's he probably shouldn't be working. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, so, we, we've heard that the uh, the New Japan uh, medical team doesn't seem to uh, always make the the wisest decisions. <laughs> well, I don't I don't trust them at all anymore. <laughs> they lie to us. <laughs> the misuse of the black and white man. You don't fuck, you, you don't throw the black and white for an angle. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, well, I, hopefully, Naito gets a lot of rest before the Tokyo Dome. Um, please, God, don't put him in the tag league. Um, I don't know why they do this. I, I said this last last time I was on about putting Naito in tag league. Like, let the dude rest. He won't He's be in tag league this year. Yeah, the way that the heavyweights uh, shake out in LIJ, uh, he won't be in. Well, no, they, they never put the uh, the guy that won the G1 in the tag league anymore. Yeah. They haven't done that for like four or five years at this point. So they won't for sure. Yeah. Uh, for me on this match, it, it was just hard to get invested knowing that there was no chance that Jeff Cobb was going to win this match. Um, so to me, no was, chance. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Cobb. Yeah. No chance for him. And uh, so, yeah, it was just kind of, it was fine matchup, you know, maybe like three and a half. Um, but. Yeah, it was just kind of there, especially on this very long card. There's been a lot of stuff that happened on this card. Again, another match, like maybe this could have made it into its own card, but its own spotlight somewhere else. But yeah. This would have ruled in Corkin. <laughs> Shinkiba first ring. Let's go. 
Uh, what's up? Move on to Juku base. The, <laughs> uh, the uh, main event. Uh, Lions Pride. What were those shows yeah. called? Oh yeah, um, the Lion Lionsgate. Lionsgate Project Twelve. <laughs> Cobb vs <versus> Naito. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so main event uh, for the IWGP United Kingdom Heavyweight Title. The champion Will Ospreay defeated. Yota Suji, 27 minutes and 51 seconds, and this match was freaking incredible. It's okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, I wanted to get some traction for our Instagram. Not Instagram. What were we on? We're on X. X is going to get into it. It's not X. It's, it's Twitter. We're working on some um, promotional material for the show, and like uh, I had a uh, like a a logo printed up for us where it's like the Twitter logo with at cast strong style underneath it. Jeremy's like, you can't use that; it's got to be the X now. <laughs> this is still, that's fucking Twitter. Like no one, no one calls it X. Like no one recognize. But whatever, I changed it to X. But whatever. But um. <laughs> backtracking to the story I was getting to, I did put a post that called this match a match of the year contender because everybody was calling it that. And I wanted to like be one of the first ones like, we're calling a match of the year contender too. And you know what? A lot of people did like that post so that it worked. But me personally, when I first watched it, I was a little, little, little bit torn on it. I don't know if maybe I was just having a bad day Saturday, but I just like, I couldn't totally, I recognized it was really good, but I also was like, Will Ospreay's had a lot of really good matches this year. So, but I saw all the hubbub. I saw everything on cage match. People were rating this five, 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 five. So I was like, you know what? I should probably rewatch this in a better headspace. So I, I gave myself some time. I rewatched it today. And you know what? The match is incredible. Anyone that thinks the match is a match that you're contender, I'm not going to fight you on it. I understand if you love this match, if it's like, you know, one of your top end matches. Not going to fight you on it. For me personally, I like the match a lot. And for some people, this is going to sound like sacrilegious. I think I'm like four and a half on it, though. I, I don't, I didn't get that like next level like push where this, like for instance, like the Naito Osprey match where I was like so emotionally like, oh my God, this is like, this is blowing my mind or like Osprey and Omega, even though those might be like match of the, decade contenders you know i just didn't get to that level but when i rewatched it and paid a little bit closer attention in terms of what they were attempting to do this was pretty perfect it, it really was i i think that it just for me maybe the emotional connection to the next level wasn't quite there but the the early ring work it's uh very very slick all the chain grappling that they do and then they go into the high flying on the outside that stuff's really great um, the one knock for me, there's a, a pretty lengthy Osprey control segment where he's working as a quasi heel and it's not bad by any means. I mean, in terms of like heat segments, you can't get much better than Osprey, but it was a little prolonged and he was really beating down, um, Suji for quite a while. And I don't know if I dug that quite as much as the rest of the match, but Suji's comeback was really great. The strike exchanges between these two guys in the middle of the match were really phenomenal where they they 
showed that Suji couldn't necessarily hang with Will when it came to the strikes at first, and he got rocked, and he was you know selling on on the on the ropes. But then he he fires up, he finds the fighting spirit, and he starts firing back, and eventually he rocks Osprey, and he drops Osprey, and then he immediately goes to selling his own injuries because even though he was able to overcome his foe he's still accumulating injuries i thought that was fantastic a lot of like a lot of younger guys wouldn't do that they wouldn't sell huh ishiism yeah it's like ishiism like the prolonged injuries are still accumulating even though he's no selling them and then um they start going into all the big segments he uh he eventually is able to um uh steal the stormbreaker from osprey osprey kicks out of that osprey hits him with all of his big maneuvers. They go into a fantastic clo- closing sequence. Um, what I picked up on the second time watching this, though, the most pivotal moment of the entire match, the thing that, that for me, in terms of kayfabe, spelled disaster for Suji. Suji goes to the top rope with Osprey, and he it looks like he's probably trying to go for maybe a Spanish fly. And this was really impressive that these two guys could balance themselves on the top rope and Osprey starts working in forearms and headbutts and he, and they spin around and Osprey hits him with a Spanish fly off the top rope. Nuts. That was the moment from that point on where Suji, he does mount a slight comeback and almost wins the match. But for the most part, he's on fumes. For the rest of the match after that Spanish fly. He's never really a hundred percent for the rest of the time. And um Will hits him with a spear, so he steals Suji's finisher. Suji kicks out of that at one, and that's like anytime someone kicks out at one, you kind of know like that's like a defiance thing, they're probably gonna lose. Um, but he he ends up hitting his own spear and nearly beats Osprey, but the one thing that he wasn't able to do was keep Osprey's leg from reaching the ropes. Otherwise he might have eked out a, uh, you know, a little bit of a win there, but Osprey throws everything at him. Osprey hits him with fucking, you know, uh, hidden blades to the front, to the back. He hits him with his, uh, Stormbreaker 93 hits him with a, or not Stormbreaker, uh, whatever the tiger driver, Storm driver, Storm driver 93 hits him with the, um, Stormbreaker and eventually puts him away, but he really had to throw everything at this guy down the tail end. Um, I did think that Suji did a great job being one of the few guys who down the stretch of the match is able to still stay at the same pace and speed as Osprey hold for hold and move for move. Um, Really great storytelling. And the one thing I maybe, and I'll leave it to you guys after this. The one thing that I was a little perplexed on, but I still, I think a lot of people probably dug it, but I'm not sure what the storytelling or emotional significance of it was, but like down the tail end, there's a point where Suji goes up to his knees and, and you see Will in the corner and he's getting ready to throw uh, uh, a hidden blade. And Suji obviously studied this guy. He stands up. He knows what's coming. And he starts hawking up. And he starts, like, smiling and, you know, defiantly stepping forward. And, like, Will's kind of, like, selling it. And they on the call, they're like, Will looks like he's seen a ghost. But then Will just still blasts him with a fucking hidden blade and then beats him. <laughs> I was like, what was the – it was a cool moment. And I'm sure people were really hyped and invested in it. But I'm not sure what the 
what it you know what what's the story element there i don't know but um i i love the match i thought the match was great i think some people probably will hear four and a half and think like i'm underselling it but i just don't think it, i emotionally got to that next level the four and a half is four and a half is four and a half that's fucking incredible so you you guys take it from here i don't know what you think so i give it the cowardly four seven five okay that's where i'm so, at so yeah um and i and i was waffling because i saw i saw the reaction and, and all that kind of stuff that uh but talking about being emotionally invested when Osprey got his foot on the rope after the spear, that I honestly felt in my body. I was like, oh, wow. That was something. And that was the one part where I was like, oh, my God. Am I, is this a classic I'm watching here? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the, the, that. So what I had, what I had written down um, about that, that the finish, right? Where he, where Suji is walking towards um, Osprey. Suji knew he was done at that mm. point, in my opinion. He knew he was done. And he looked at he stared at death in the face and walked towards it with a smile on his face. That's the that's the the kind of guy Suji is. He is fearless. And even in like even in real life, the guy is not afraid of his moments. He is a guy who showed up first match Dominion main event, delivered. This match delivered was way better than his match with uh with our with my buddy um at dominion but this this match was sick suji legit main eventer this was this was him saying yeah i'm i'm ready for these moments and you can tap me on the shoulder at any time um he's miles ahead of of narita um i still have a a ton of stock in in shoda i think he'll he'll get there um but yeah Suji is unbelievable. Um, and the crowd, the crowd was dead most of the night. Let's be honest. Like it was not the, there was nothing going on this match. They were, they were into this match. The crowd was white hot. Yeah. Super live for this. Um, and you know, everything for Suji, everything from his presence to the crowd control, his, his move set and his pace. Like, like you said, he was able to pace Osprey up until the end of the end of the match unbelievably impressive and like you know this the sky's the limit for the guy um one thing i will say what i noticed like osprey's chops were gruesome (laughs) he was belting suji like suji like oh my god and those and the strike exchanges like uh osprey was belting him in the neck and suji looked like he suji looked kind of soft and i don't know if that was part of the part of the story where he just he couldn't he couldn't hit osprey as hard but osprey was laying in like suzuki minoru suzuki style chops on him or uh forearms on him and it was yeah he brutalized him in this match yeah this match was so awesome and yeah you talk about the crowd reaction like Obviously, Will Ospreay is super over. He came out. The crowd is singing Elevated. They're singing the Osprey Osprey part to his song. But, yeah, there was a spot in the match where Yota hits a big move, and there's a double down, and the crowd is just rumbling. They're chanting, Yota, Yota, Yota. And it's like, dude, this guy is getting cheered over Will Ospreay. Like, it's it's nuts. Like, the, the crowd reaction was just insane. And, um, and... Suji, um, yeah, just you look at some of the other reactions, like 
Cobb and Naito, the crowd was 100% behind Naito. Uh, you know, Shingo and Okan, I feel like the crowd was more towards Shingo, but it's crazy that this match that uh, Stooji was able to get that kind of reaction being in there with Will Ospreay and also so many great spots. You know, Will did the Os cutter to the outside to Suji. Incredible. That was sick. Um, yeah, MJ, you mentioned the, the spear near fall. Like, I, I was 99% sure that Will was winning this match. But when Suji reversed, uh, I think he reversed the Stormbreaker into a stunner. And then mm-hmm. he, he followed up with that spear. I was like, oh, my. Like, the, the <laughs> setup was so perfect. He he killed off. I'm like, oh, my God. They're, they're, they're going to flip the belt. They're, they're, they're going to do it. But, yeah, Will just barely gets his foot on the ropes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. They got me. Yeah, just so many great. And then Suji, dude, he does this, the curb stomp so well. There's this, this crazy combo he does that he ends with the curb stomp. Beautiful. Bro, he, did, he did a curb stomp where typically you do it where the guy's – face goes face first he did it the reverse way where will was on his knees and will went backwards with the foot stomp and i've never seen that before i thought it was really cool yeah that was that was sick he did uh, a top rope double stomp uh yeah there was just so so much great stuff and then oh and uh, he when he went to the top rope to do that double stomp he teased the oz cutter he did the oz cutter symbol and the crowd was like oh and then he and then instead he turned around and gave him a a double stomp like a fuck you and i was like that was pretty cool yeah and then i was like man they're really giving suji a lot and there's that one spot where like will's like he's the one being defined he threw out the middle fingers i'm like oh the middle fingers yeah i'm like oh is he is he will cook is is he done like he knows he can't win but yeah will was able to to come back and uh, so man, and then yeah, the storm driver kick out because you know the storm driver's kind of been his like next little. Oh, I can't beat you with the storm breaker. Like I'll bust up the storm driver, and so I'm like, oh, that's it, storm driver. So, and Suji kicks out. I'm like, oh my, like I was I was popping for a lot of these big near falls, and uh, I don't like the way he does the storm driver. I um, mean, he's doing it safer. He's not he's not driving people. He's on doing it safer, but he's not. I mean, this is a nuance thing, but like. When you watch Mizawa do it, and you have to slow it down, Mizawa always jumps out and lets the other guy hit first so that when he lands, he's taking the reverb on his knees, for better or for worse. Osprey always lands first. Osprey always fucking lands, <laughs> and, and then the other guy gets the reverb no matter what. And you either need to land second if you're the giver, or you need to land simultaneous. And he never lands simultaneous, and I still don't like that. He... Even in this match, he lands first. And I don't know if it's like a body composition thing or, or what, but like he needs to jump outwards and let the other guy hit first and take the bump. Yeah. My two cents. But yeah, I thought that was like uh, Suji fucking kicked out of a storm or of a storm driver 93. Yeah. They gave him so much. He looked great. Yes. So many great moves, great back and forth. And, you know, the match started out a little bit slower than I thought it would have started because, you know, the whole, like, tour, they've been, like, showing off the, the, the speed pace. I'm like, oh, they're going to start, you know, think back to Suji since Sonata started off with that big spear. I'm like, oh, they're going to start off hot. But, no, that they built it perfectly to all these great moments. And like you mentioned, Josh, like, Suji was able to hang in there with Osprey towards the end, keep up the pace. And, like, like dude, it's another moment where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, why is Suji not, like, getting more opportunities? Like, why isn't this guy being pushed harder than he is? And, yes, I know he just had a main event in Kobe World Hall with Will Ospreay, but 
Like, let's let's get let's get it going. Let's light the match. Let's light the fuse. Let's get this guy uh, and some more main events. Let's get a, a title on this guy. Let's let's get it going. I, I'm I'm okay with it. Oh, go ahead, MJ. I was I was gonna say I, he's gaining everything from these losses. We're talking about Suji in a Will Osprey match, right? We're talking about Suji majority of the time. When this guy gets his moment, it is going to be huge, and mm-hmm. he is doing everything that he needs to do in like as a New Japan wrestler, failing up. Um, you know, winning the fans over in um, in your losses and that type of he's building his his story. He's 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 building his own um, come up. Right. Um, and I don't think I think putting a title on him too early or putting the wrong title on him too early um, might might take a moment away um, because I think this guy is like gonna he like he's gonna have like the the roll call at at tokyo dome moment when this guy wins that iwgp championship it's gonna be enormous we're gonna have this pent up i need to see it feeling with suji and um i think putting something on him too early is gonna is gonna hurt it down the line it's not a bad call yeah, I definitely think this match, like, he's, he's definitely got elevated. I guess for me, like, sometimes New Japan, I feel like sometimes they wait too long. And I just, I don't want him to be great Okan. I don't want this to be next year around this time. And we're like, when, you know, everybody says hi, so about Suji. When are they going to, you know, flip the switch and, and push Suji? And honestly, I think Suji has showed a lot more than Okan has. Um, but still, there is that tendency for younger guys to pull, go longer to kind of pull the trigger on them. And so I think, you know, he, he's hot, especially after this match. Like this match definitely elevated him to main event status in my eyes with the crowd. I think next year he, he needs to win New Japan Cup. He needs to be <laughs> winning, winning his block in G1. Like, he, he needs to be, you know, to the moon. I agree with you, Jeremy, but, you know, um, and far be it for me to say that New Japan hasn't, missed the boat on some things when it comes to booking because they have but i think a lot of people are wanting him to be okada day one and that's a different kind of pressure that you know a lot of guys wouldn't have overcome if they weren't okada so i'm okay with it um i could probably add more but i don't want to go too long we've got a lot of questions uh regarding this match yeah first from our germanis says what do you think is next for yota suji it is quite a few years since the last time i wrestled returned from excursion a good push and excellent performance. So what do you think is next? You know, I think it's hard to tell. Um, I'm hoping that what's next is a prominent position at Wrestle Kingdom. It doesn't have to be like a main event necessarily, but some sort of important matchup I think would be befitting of the type of run that he's had between being the top producer in the a block of the g1 and then the match he had with sonata and, and uh will osprey i would love to see him in some sort of title predicament for uh wrestle kingdom maybe and i'm just throwing this out there i'm just kind of like shooting an idea out there maybe him and eddie kingston strong title i don't know yeah i could you know what if will's leaving 
I could see him taking beating Will on New Year's Dash, something like that. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, I think when we talked about it last week, him and Chingo winning World Tag League, I think it would be great having him and Chingo become the 100th IWGP World Tag Team Champions would be cool. Um, and I think that's a great spot where you, you team with a, a veteran guy like Chingo and they can have some great tag matches together and kind of really light a spark in that tag division. Like you mentioned, MJ, like it's, it feels like the tag division's kind of been stagnant. And obviously, Bishamon is great, but I feel like they've done pretty much everything they can do with the titles. And I think we need a new kind of fresh team. And I thought, I think Shingo and Suji winning World Tag League would be cool and a great way to spotlight Suji at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe Suji should just fucking shoot kick Okada in the head. <laughs> 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 uh, Rambone Slam Pig asks He said I know you guys are already high on Yotosuji After his performance against Osprey Showed he can hang in a main event scenario Against one of the best in the world Do you think that NJPW should get behind him As the guy of this generation Or is the jury still out He's special He's really really special um, One of the things that he's best at That a lot of people aren't going to give him necessarily the accolades for, but we are responding to it emotionally, regardless of whether you're cognizant of it or not is his facials. This guy Mm -hmm. has incredible conveyance of emotion during his matches, just utilizing his face. And that's something that's very special. He's got, he's got a lot of charisma and he's got incredible fan connection. And that's putting aside everything else that makes him very, very good that we all like, like he's a special guy. Uh, I, I wouldn't be, if, if we're two or three years down the line and we find out he is the guy, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would say, yeah, I think this performance showed it and it, shout out to Rambo and sees that's my guy online. Like uh, he's a great guy, great guy to talk to. Always, uh, Always given uh, given social suplex love. He's a great dude. So shout out to shout out to Rambones. But people, uh, people yeah, people that follow us talk to each other. Oh yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> this is cool. It's a community, baby. It's a community. I, I don't ever think I, about I, that. I love to see what Rambones is cooking for wrestling nights. He always has some kind yeah. of great dish that he's cooking up. He's got, he's got the, what? the smoker out. Your man's got the spread. He's coming. Where do you see him cooking, bro? On on X on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Oh, bro, I'm never on there. I don't know. I just I go on there. I look up and I, I post a couple. Bro, I I found out that if you don't just repost what other people put, but you write a little something, people like it better. I don't know. Yeah, quote 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 tweet. Yeah. Yeah, I started doing that just a little bit. People <laughs> like it. Would <laughs> this man be cooking? Yeah, Rambo's be oh, cooking. Yeah. yeah, bro, I I'm a pretty good cook. Yeah. I need to. I need to connect with this man. <laughs> he's got the rest. He's got the recipes on deck, man. I tell you. I know every every, every pay review. It's something new. He's like, oh, I just want to throw this out. I'm like, okay, I see. Pay review for which company? For any for any big show, he he throws he throws something big out there. Whether you know okay. AEW, New Japan, he, he throws something out there. Cork and halls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if Cork we, we should throw we'll throw it a challenge to Rambo. <laughs> Let's see your best Corican spread. Oh, what's, what's on your Corican plate? That's what I want to see. But no, back to back to the question. I, I think they can get behind the guy. 
I think they've shown that he is competent in all of the things that you need from a top guy. Um, emotional connection with the crowd, all that type of stuff. The 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 way that he makes people feel um, during his matches. He's already doing this stuff. It's it's really like pretty incredible um, that that he can achieve this kind of stuff. And I and I think I think look at the spots he's been in. I think they're already behind him. I think they're already there, and they're just taking their time the way that they the way that New Japan does does things. Yeah, um, I, I think that you know. Also, we've seen a lot of young lions come back from excursion since we've been doing this show, and I don't know if any of them have really gotten quite the crowd connection that Tsuji has such early on in their their run and return from excursion. So yeah, I feel like he's getting over so or, so organically. Like it's going to be hard to deny this guy. Not since Romu. Yeah. Uh, Rambo's other question, he says, I know it seems like Osprey and maybe ZSJ are possibly leaving NJPW. Did seeing them cut a promo in mostly Japanese make you think they are dedicated to sticking around in the company, or did it leave your opinion unchanged? Opinion or fact? I think one of those guys is leaving for sure. If I found out that there is something in the works to get both of those guys to be gone. I really wouldn't be surprised. That doesn't mean they don't love New Japan. That doesn't mean that they don't love the culture, that they haven't worked hard to learn the, the language. But, you know, Kenny Omega spoke the language. He left too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. there's love and passion, and then there's money. And uh, you know, money money talks. So it talks a different language in Japanese. So we'll see. <laughs> that calm the yen, the yen is down. <laughs> yen down bad. That calm yeah, money no, speaks loud. I, yeah, and honestly, uh, I'm of. The, I think Will's on his way out. I think. Uh, I I don't know about Zach. Um, I don't know how motivated by money Zach is. Maybe he's you know. He seems to be motivated by by different types of things, um, so I would I would be I would be surprised if if Zach left. I would not be surprised if Will left. Um, I think them cutting these promos in Japanese is um, they said on the um, on the Japanese um, broadcast. Oh, they're they're speaking Japanese. Look how much respect they have for. Um, this is how much respect they have for for New Japan and for the fans, um, and so I think this is them endearing themselves to these crowds that they might not see, that they might not be in front of for a very long time. So, um, on one hand, I I, I think uh, I think you know this is Will's say goodbye tour, um, but I would be surprised if if Zach if Zach does leave. Yeah, I didn't think it was kind of cool. Yeah, after the match, they're both yeah going back and forth in uh, Japanese, and yeah, I think it's definitely a sign of respect, and it's kind of the you know the way that they've immersed themselves in the culture into uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. But yeah, I definitely think that at least yeah one of these guys um, is on the way out, and if you, you cut your ear to the ground, you kind of know which one it is. Um, so yeah. Uh, next up, Hawaiian Punch BV says, is it too helpful to think that Osprey and ZSJ won't leave New Japan just because they learned some Japanese? So similar question 
uh, yeah. Um, we already kind of covered it, but I appreciate the question because it's it's right in line with what uh, Rambo and Slam Pig was saying. Then uh, DJ Aftershock says, who will replace Osprey as the top guy in New Japan as it seems more and more likely he is leaving? It's really Callum hard. Newman. <laughs> the Prince of Pace. <laughs> you know, um, if it's not Zach, kind of going out on a limb here, maybe there's Maybe there's a spot for Phantasmo. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of guys there that it's going to be up to them to kind of grab the brass ring. You know, El Phantasmo, Gabe Kid, um... Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, we got, we got Nick Nemeth. We got a lot of WWE releases. Yeah, you know, Matt little, Riddle. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Riddle was New Japan bound before he signed with WWE. And New Japan's never been averse to hire a problematic figure, so, you know. Right. It's in Japan. It's different. It's different. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of guys. I mean, obviously, if Zach stays, I think he's definitely the clear candidate of who would be that. But yeah, there's a lot of guys. You know, we mentioned Bad Dude Tito earlier on. Um, you know, if they wanted to do, you know, bring in Philly Tom Lawler and use him more. Like, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, foreigners they have access to that they could get behind uh, a lot of talented guys that like who could grab that bat that brass ring. Uh, let's see, Death Triangle Seven Twenty says, "What do you think is next for the three one three after Ryagoku? Being fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, what's what's Narita getting into? Like who, I don't know. Best of seven. I, yeah, he's in the middle of a, of a highly the untelevised best of seven. This is what heads I'm up, like, seven up. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not a. He's not even a. He's not even making tape. This guy. Yep. How is this guy a three musketeer? He's not even making tape anymore. There was a, a house There's show today. <laughs> uh, somebody pulled pulled the old iPhone out. Uh, but yeah, there was a untelevised uh, house show today that uh, match three in, in the best of seven occurred. Yeah, uh, apparently Nagata pinned Suzuki after a uh, hitting him with the uh, Nagata suplex side suplex one two three. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I honestly I don't know. Um, it feels like they've all paused for a little bit. Suji had his big sort of. His big his big match and he delivered. Um, Shota needs to needs to get into something. I don't know. I don't know what's next for him. It's tag we'll league. See. They're all gonna be in tag league. That's yeah. what's next for them. Shota, Shota gonna bring over uh, Moxley. <laughs> no, well, don't they? Bring, <laughs> no, he's gonna bring over John Moxley's best friend, Sammy Callahan, oh, the free my agent. Gosh. Sammy Callahan's gonna go back to making out with everybody in New Japan. Get ready, De- Death Shooter. Death shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Death neck. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, next question. Last commission 7252. Would it make sense for Cobb to be the new leader of the United Empire more than Okan being leader if Osprey leaves New Japan? Cobb has defeated the likes of Tanahashi, Okada, and Naito, the top guys in the company, while Okan has really lost all his big matches. His character is phenomenal, but when he can find, when can he finally win the big one? What do you guys think? He beat Naito. That's it. That's all. <laughs> and he saved a little girl's life. He rode a giant penis in Las Vegas. That's all you need to know. All right. He's also wheeling and dealing. He's wheeling and dealing, kiss dealing. 
Limousine you know? riding, jet flying. Pie eating, la 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 la. <laughs> You know what? I think that I think the jury's out until after No Nut November, and, uh, and then we'll know. We'll know. We'll know what T's all about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess you, you could put Cobb uh, in that role. I just, I, I've never really seen Cobb as a faction lead. He's always kind of been like the the heavy, the muscle, the kind of the big bruiser. Um, but I guess if you combine that with Ocon's talking, potentially he could be the leader. You sound like the people that didn't believe in Batista in two thousand five. Oh, I I believe in Big Dave. You might have, but you don't sound you the, the way you're talking right now. You sound like those people, <laughs> them, <laughs> and believe in Dave. <laughs> don't believe in Jeff. Uh, then last question here from uh, Jumbo Doctor Lariat. He says, "When do you guys think Gene Blast gets the big win? Does he get the U.S. belt at Wrestle Kingdom, or does he do something else?" I don't know. But I would love if he, it, it would be really cool if he was the guy that sent Osprey out of the company. I feel like they need to arrange for somebody to do that, but it feels like it might be Shoto Amino, honestly, if, if my gut's telling me something, you know? Yeah, it would make sense for me to, to be Suji. I think, uh, I think Suji showed to Will. I think that was kind of like his, uh, his audition, right? If, uh, like, it's yours now, buddy. Uh, you gotta, you gotta take the mantle, just like, uh, just like Kenny did for Osprey. But you know, it's it's weird because Kenny and and Osprey never sort of had their match in in New Japan before he left. Right? Um, he had his matches with with Jay White, but um, so i'm not sure but you know i think for me he's he's gonna get it and when he does it's gonna be a super special moment um and so i don't think it's gonna be wrestle kingdom it could be new year's dash if he's if he's sending will on his way but uh that's that's my opinion on it yeah i, th- I think a rematch of will and him being the one to, to beat will and get will out of there could be cool if the the, the cards line up right if not like we mentioned earlier i think a, a tag title run with Shingo uh, could be something great for him uh, to get him lined up. And then, hey, you know, New Japan Cup 2024, why not get him there, get him a title? He doesn't have, he doesn't have to win the world title. Get him get him in that secure Genesis main event, challenging for the world title again. I, I think that could be a good spot for him. So uh, it's going to wrap up things for Destruction and Kobe. The post-match, uh, like we mentioned, Osprey and Sabre, Cutting a promo, Saber came out, challenged uh, Will for the IWGP UK title at Royal Quest 3, October 14th in the Cobber Box. So big main event that was kind of already teased uh, from uh, the, the Rev Pro uh, 11th anniversary. I do have a little problem there. Okay, the tickets for the Copper Box show have not gone on sale, right? Uh, I think they have. Okay, because I was going to say, if they haven't gone on sale yet, and they teased this, you know, back last month. They could have just held off on doing the tease until now because the tickets haven't gone on sale. So I don't know if they have or not, but, like, I don't know why they did the whole bring them out here if they'd already done that over there. It would have been better for them to just held off on it and waited until the Suji match was over, in my opinion. 
Yeah, maybe they're thinking that a lot of Rev Pro fans maybe are not, maybe there's not a huge crossover. Maybe they're, they're thinking, I don't know. Um, that well, if they're not watching New Japan and they're Rev Pro fans, they're fucking stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Burying the Rev Pro fans. Uh, Fuck them, bro. They got terrible production values. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got some great news for you when it comes to Royal Quest. <laughs> and, and, and anyone that's watching that consistently, like, they're sicko, you know? They're not the kind of person I want to associate with. How can you watch that shit? It's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Will gets, you know, big closing promo. He's on another level. Uh, streamers, um, you know, big go-home celebration there. The big red streamers that slowed down the bit rate on my stream. <laughs> I couldn't make out what was happening for like 20 seconds. Weird. Um, and we did get a uh, a black and white Lion Mark logo. Then uh, let's skip over it. <laughs> Fake news. Uh, it's not real. Saying as a result of an injury sustained at destruction in Kobe, Hiroki Goto will not be cleared to compete in his scheduled matches at live events September 25th in Nagoya and the 26th in Fukuoka. Fukui and uh, Goto is currently undergoing assessment and currently has no title set for his return. Additionally, Taichi has requested and been granted a leave of absence from events on the road to destruction. Well, get ready. Goto's definitely turning on on, <laughs> Yoshihashi. on Yoshihashi and he's probably going to join some heel faction. He's working a fucking fake. <laughs> <laughs> get uh, ready, guys. But, um... <laughs> I'm going to go over the events we have coming up. So this coming week, uh, September 30th, and then on October 1st, we have two Road to Destruction Cork and Hall shows back-to-back this coming weekend. Um, Hanari versus Oscar Luebe is opening up the September 30th show, followed by Old Bolton, Tiger Mask, Yuto Nakashima versus Ishii, Yo, and Tanahashi. Third match of the night, Bushi, Shingo, and Suji of LIJ take on the United Empire's Cal Newman, Great O'Conn, and Jeff Cobb. Fourth match of the night, G.O.D.'s team of ELP and Hikaleo team with Intergalactic Jet Setters to take on the Bull Club War Dog team of Alex Coughlin, Connors, Maloney, and Gabe Kidd. Fifth match of the night, Bull Club's Owens, Finley, and Gato take on G.O.D.'s Jado, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa. Sixth match of the night will be six-man tag team best of seven series match number four as Team Nagata takes on Strong Style. Seventh match of the night, House of Torture's Evil Show and Kanemaru. Newly added member take on just four guys, just four guys: Doki, Sonata, and Taka Michinoku. And then your main event there: Okada, Leo Rush team up to take on the Lij team of Hiromu and Tetsuya Naito. Anything noteworthy you guys are looking for at, uh, from that show? Yes, Leo Rush and Okada, the money team. They've they've finally linked up, and they're they're going to deliver. They're going to. This is going to be. This is everything I've been waiting for. How, how do you think this went down? You know, they're like, Gato's like booking. He's like, all right, Okada, you're, you're teaming with Fleo Rush. Why? He's in your faction. He is? <laughs> what, since when? I've never heard of that man in my life. <laughs> the 205 Live guy? What? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that, that tag match should be should be awesome. Not only should it be awesome, but it's going to be very difficult to determine. I mean... If there was ever a potential 30-minute time limit draw contender, it's this match, because I don't know who's going to lose in that match. Maybe, honestly, it should probably be Hiromu. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could have Leo pin Hiromu to get some momentum going into uh, Ryugoku. Or just, you know, have Okada Rainmaker him. 
<laughs> that too. That, that too. One other thing, um, you know, if if this tells you where we're at, you know, Sonata Evil World Title Picture Semi Main Event underneath Naito and Okada tells you everything you need to know there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the following night, October first, more Cork and Hall action. Oleg Bolton is teaming up with uh, Oscar Webe. They take on the cast team of Ishii and Yano. Second match of the night, Tanahashi and Nakashima take on the United Empire's Hanari and Jeff Cobb. Third match of the night, Shingo and Yotsuji take on Callum Newman and Great Okan. Fourth match of the night, Team Nagata takes on Strong Style in the fifth of the best of seven series matches. Fifth match of the night, Okada, Leo Rush, and Yo take on Bushi, Hiromu, and Naito. Your semi-main event, again, is Tik Togo. Evil Show and Yujiro taking on the just four guys, Doki, Sonata, Taichi, and Kanemaru. And then your main event is going to be 12-man tag team elimination match as the Bull Club team of Coughlin, Chase Owens, Connors, Finley, Drilla Maloney, and Gabe Kidd team on to take up, team up to take on the team of G.O.D., El Fantasmo, Hikaleo, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, teaming up with the Intergalactic Jet Setters, Kevin Knight, and Kushida. Yeah, it should be some uh, fun Cork and Hall shows there building up to uh, Destruction and Rio Goku. Also this weekend, we have uh, the AEW Wrestle Dream show that is in honor of Antonio Inoki. And uh, we, we got the card here, guys. Let's let's go over this card and see all the matches that are honoring uh, the the legacy of Antonio Inoki. So okay. we, we got uh, AEW World Tag Team Title Number One Contender Four Way Match. I know Anoki loves four way tag matches. We got Hook, <laughs> Hook and Orange Cassidy against the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers versus the Guns. Then we have a AEW TBS Title Match: Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart. Antonio Anoki was a diehard women's wrestling fan so that makes a lot of sense y'all y'all wanted julio for g you got julio for j then we got uh chris jericho teaming up with uh kenny omega and kota abushi to take on the don Callis family of kanosuke Takeshita, sammy guevara and will osprey now on first at first look you would think okay here we are, some New Japan flavor, but let's break it down. Kenny Omega never worked in New Japan when 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 Anoki uh, was there. I don't think he's necessarily, you know, well, maybe, you know, Kenny Omega and Kotobushi both did some shoot fighting. All right, that's up Anoki's alley, you know. <laughs> um, Jericho, that's a guy. Now, that's that's an Anoki guy. Right? <laughs> okay, Anoki knows Jericho, but uh, Takeshita from DDT? Come on. Sammy wow. Guevara, uh, you know, Will Ospreay. These are not Don Callis. How is this honoring Anoki? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, wait. It, it gets better. ROH, World Tag Team title match, better than you, Bay. Adam Cole and MJF defend against the Righteous, Dutch and Vincent. You don't have it on the run sheet here, but we did have a question from the Discord server. Um, I'll find it. it he, um, oh, yeah. Stale Burger Bun said, what do you think was Anoki's favorite The Righteous match? <laughs> uh, 
that should be good. Yeah. I'm not even going to, you know, I keep hearing Dave go on these rants about them putting their biggest draw and attack. Fuck all that. We need to know what Anoki's favorite righteous match is before we answer anything else. Well, we, we know Gato loved Bear City Bruiser, so it, <laughs> I, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Anoki loved the righteous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we got AEW TNT title best two out of three falls. Christian Cage versus Darby Allen. Anoki's been in some two out of three falls. So wait, is this not a? I thought it was three way with him. That was that was a collision. Christian Cage won the belt. Oh, that happened. Yes. I don't. I don't collide. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't collided either. So that's that's news. Is what's his I was face like, mad? Luchasaurus. Yeah, he seemed a little disappointed that Christian uh, screwed him over. Oh, okay. So yeah, so Christian's officially the champion now, defending against Darby two out of three. Maybe Luchasaurus um, screws Christian in honor of Antonio Inoki, and then Darby Allen and Luchasaurus can be the new Jurassic Express. <laughs> Uh, then we got AEW World a Tag Team Title Match. FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood will defend against Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. I see they're appropriating New Japan storylines for the purpose of this show. <laughs> then uh, seventh match, we got ROH World Title slash NJPW Strong Openweight Title on the line. Eddie Kingston will defend both his titles against Katsuyuru Shibata. The fact that Shibata is not defending his pure title in this match is very telling. <laughs> uh, also, the idea that the one Anokiism guy, the one guy, is going to lose to the Baba representative Baba? <laughs> on the Anoki show tells you that All Japan really won. At the end of the day, shout out to Rich Latta. <laughs> All Japan really won. That's what we're. That's what we're basically finding out. Baba's the real. The real. <laughs> then we got a uh, Hangman Adam Page against uh, Social Suplex Acquaintance Swerve Strickland. And then uh, main event: the Big Dream match, American Dragon. Brian Danielson, you know, L.A. Dojo original, taking on Zack Sabre Jr. Well, you know, this show, honestly, top to bottom, looks very incredible. I mean, there there are some things you could probably criticize in terms of, like, I don't know why MJF's not defending the title on this show. That, that does suck. But top to bottom, the show is probably going to deliver in spades. It looks pretty awesome. They just didn't need to call this an Anoki tribute show because um, there's nothing here tribute to Anoki. And there's very little actual realistic like New Japan cooperation because you're pretty much just getting Zach. And is Will even on this? Yeah, he's in the remember the Don Cow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're getting Will and Zach. That's about it. And I mean, I think for the diehard and Shibata fans, and I guess Shibata, Shibata doesn't work for me. I don't know. <laughs> but at the he's end of the day, he's ROH talent. You know, the, the fans that don't give a fuck about New Japan and, you know, thought that we were being haters by, you know, hating on this, all they really wanted is these two guys anyway. So they got what they wanted. So, I mean, good on them. But um, this isn't like a co promoted show. It's not like a, a tribute show to Anoki. It's just a really good AEW show. They should have just, you know, 
I don't I don't think it would have changed anything in terms of the promotion or or the drawing to not have attached Anoki's name to it. You know, I think it was kind of a, a stupid gimmick. Of well, course they gotta use it who to, knows? to to link to link to their announcement of Tony Khan buying New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh yeah, apparently Tony Khan is going to announce this Sunday that he has purchased Shinihan. And, that, and that's what the streets are saying. Yeah. End of. Oh, era, have you not heard that rumor? End of I, era start of a new. I have. I've seen many rumors. Uh, the one rumor was that he, he was purchasing Lucha Underground. Um, I've seen that. I, I heard he. I heard he bought the NWA as well. <laughs> I, I also heard that he bought uh, uh, Women of Wrestling, <laughs> Actress Girls, and like some other like Shindy Japanese. Women's wrestling Joshi promotion. <laughs> he's going to operate them all, all together. You see, what nobody's really talking about is the fact that he bought FIP. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, bro, I don't know it, it, if he bought New Japan. I don't know if we're still doing the show or not. <laughs> um. Come, oh, come on. <laughs> bro. What if he bought Noah? Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man so that's wrestle dream it's it's gonna be a great pay-per-view it's gonna be an awesome show just uh you had to make fun of the whole anoki stuff we um, did get a few uh matches announced for the upcoming uh october 14th new japan royal quest 3 and uh the big news was that this will also be rare uh airing on rev pro on demand jeremy how's that gonna work is it just airing there or can you also get it on new japan world so it'll be airing live on rev pro on demand and then it'll be up on new japan world like two weeks later so i have to get rev pro on demand see i i saw that announcement but i thought that i could also watch it on new japan world nah player you gotta log into rev pro Get get that get that production. What? <laughs> Why? So they can get some new cameras. You gotta, I want you gotta send them twelve pound, twelve quid, whatever it costs per month. Why can't we get fight? Cameras. Fight's shitty, but at least it's better than Red Pro. <laughs> uh, well, they got some matches announced, I guess. El Desperado versus Trent Seven was announced. Yota Suji versus Luke. Jacobs, Eddie Kingston, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Michael Oku versus the United Empire's Jeff Cobb, Hanare, and TJP. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi for the first time outside of Japan. And then um, supposedly or, you know, assumedly the main event, the IWGP United States slash UK heavyweight titles on the line as Will Ospreay defends against Zack Sabre Jr. The show looks awesome, and I know some people were kind of complaining because they didn't want uk or rev pro uh you know um cooperation i think that's obviously fucking dumb and uh looking at the the talent we have involved trent seven luke jacobs luke jacobs baby let's go you know michael oku i'm sure we're gonna have ricky knight jr and a few other big names involved so i think it looks pretty good so far yeah then um, let's jump into the news here. So a couple news items. Walker Stewart has been um, confirmed as the new English voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, we've had the pleasure to speak behind the scenes uh, very briefly with Walker Stewart uh, 
in the lead up. Didn't want to blow his spot, but yeah, we we kind of have known for a little bit now that he's going to be the new lead play by play for New Japan, um, kind of replacing Kevin Kelly. Uh, I can't say personally that I've heard too much of his commentary, um, but from the research that I've done, he's worked in a lot of places, and um, I don't know how good he is in terms of like overall, but from the, the few like sample clips I've heard guys got an incredible voice. Yeah. I've heard it. I listened to his demo reel. He sounds great. I'm really looking forward to it. It's a different energy than Kevin Kelly. Um, he goes by the, the velvet voice, which, mm-hmm. uh, which I like. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I wish him all the best and, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to this, the new, uh, the new era on, uh, on English commentary. Yeah, same thing. I heard some of his clips. Yeah, sounds great. You know, he actually uh, did some local commentary with uh, Social Suplexes Floyd Johnson Jr. in in the Oklahoma area. Floyd sent some commentary with him, so that's a pretty cool connection there. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's great voice, uh, different energy. I think it's going to be uh, a good guy to get get in the booth. Social Suplex, uh, you know, connection with Floyd sounds like maybe you know you might be hearing. Uh, uh, Keeping a strong style, his name getting thrown out there instead of J-Cast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, we're not being able to get over Ken Kelly, but, you know, Walker Stewart's a different animal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, in all seriousness, um, guy's 21 years old. I And, you know, no what I would call truly major league experience. Um, so it's a bit of a gamble for New Japan, but – Looking at the places that he has worked and the experience he has accumulated, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that wasn't tied to a major company already that has as much experience as he does have. So I'm looking Sorry, forward to did, did you say he's 21 years old? 21, from what oh. I understand. So he's wow. very young. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So he's, they, got, he's got a really, really professional, professional sound to him. He's yeah. quite the broadcaster for 21 years old. And my understanding is like he originates out of uh, the school that uh, Booker T reality of wrestling. I think that that's kind of like where his bread and butter is, but he's called for a lot of different independent companies across the country. So, um, you know, pretty accomplished already. And uh, this is a big step up for him. Um, In other news, Bushi road will be holding a joint strategy presentation with new Japan and stardom, new Japan's Shota Umino, master Wato, Hiroshi Tanahashi, along with stardom's Mayu Iwatani, Julia, and Natsupoi will all be in attendance for the presentation. I think that's what, October 10th? Yeah, I think so. Okay, awesome. On October 1st, Julia will put the NJPW Strong Women's Championship on the line against Amy Saray in Cork and Hall for stardom. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Will Ospreay is going to be taking on Speedball Mike Bailey at Bound for Glory on October 21st, live on pay-per-view from Cicero Stadium in Chicago. So that should be a really good one. Um, Yuya Uemura's goodbye ceremony is this Thursday on Impact. So again, feeding into uh, the storyline that he got the the fired briefcase from the Feast or Fired match, and they're going to send him off. So maybe tune in for that one. I don't know. There might be an angle. Um, final bit of uh, news, Sonata will be appearing at Defy on October 27th. One bit of news that we didn't uh, really talk about, um, Eddie Kingston did win the NJPW Strong Openweight title this past weekend, or this past week on... Uh, he won the, the ROH title. 
He's been the strong. Oh, champion. that's right. He's already been the strong. Yeah, he won the ROH title. Um, he was scheduled to defend the NJPW strong title against Rocky Romero at Defy and put out a press release that moving forward um, until he drops his titles because of uh, nagging injuries, he's not going to be making any more independent dates for the time being and kind of just focus his attention on New Japan, ROH, and AEW. So that was a little bit of a surprise, I think, for Defy and everything like that, but it seems like they've worked it out. But um, yeah, as double champion, he's just going to be working for the major companies moving forward. Um, so let's jump into the questions and uh, get out of here. Yeah, a few questions here to close off. Uh, Barry Wall says, saw an interview with Royce Isaacs today, and he admitted if Noah or anyone wanted to talk, he would listen as he is still freelance and New Japan have not offered him a deal. Do you think New Japan should offer the like of Team Filthy actual contracts to replace ex- exiting foreigner talent? as it would probably command less money or save said moolah and focus more on domestic guys, but have less guys in talent overall. I'm not opposed to them um, giving contracts and jobs to guys that they, um, you know, have uh, big sites on to push them and to utilize them. Um, so I'm not here to, to tell you like, Oh, they shouldn't pay Royce Isaacs one way or the other. I don't know. It depends on what management sees in him. I, I personally am a fan of Royce Isaac's work. I think that him and the rest of Team Filthy have been fantastic. But um, at the same time, the company is going through a bit of a financial hardship. Uh, it's kind of not a secret at this point. So it is. it really comes down to what they see in terms of, uh, you know, value uh, for, for the guys, you know. Um, and at this point, they haven't – I'll put it this way. They they weren't willing to pony up to to keep – uh, Aussie Open, who they're really high on, and I just don't know that they're going to pay top dollar necessarily to keep some of the guys from strong, not just Royce Isaacs in general, but some of the other guys that you would sort of strongly assign, uh, you know, um, think of when you think of that that product and that brand, uh, even like Filthy himself, one mm-hmm. of the top guys on that brand, they haven't brought him back in quite a while, so um, you know, it is what it is for now. Uh, I think until they're in a more healthy financial position, it might be few and far between for us to see them taking chances on guys like that. Yeah. And I think, and I don't know how this works with, even with excursions, but you're seeing them, they're not sending guys to far flung places. And I don't know how much new Japan is on the hook for, for paying wages for these guys who are on excursion or whatnot. But, they pay uh, for it. Yeah. So like Boy was in Noah, you know, um Fujita's and and he's a a shorter flight away, right? Um and you know, I, I are those cost saving measures? I don't know. But I did see a bit of this interview with uh with Royce Isaacs. He's also said that if West Coast Wrecking Crew is is not in Tag League, that he'll be really pissed. Um so you know, I, I'd but, agree with that. They should be. Yeah, I think it's far overdue for them to be in World Tag League. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, if, if Aussie Open isn't going to be there. Uh, yeah. My understanding, Aussie Open is not going to be in Tag League, but <laughs> they're still going to be involved in the World Tag title scene regardless. Yeah. Oh, they're going to pull a Young box yeah. and yeah. show up. Yeah, Maybe, I don't know, but that's that's the word. They're going to be involved. 
Yeah, nice little uh, video of play after Shingo and Suji win the tag league. <laughs> Don't be surprised if they're the 100th tag team champions. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Question: Last two questions here from Wine Punch BB it says, "Are there any WWE releases that would be interesting if they joined NJPW?" Aaliyah. Dana <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brooke. We need some uh, strong women's challengers. Yeah, you got to build women's, you know, division. So they might make sense. Who knows? Um, no, you know, honestly. At this point right now, I don't know that there's anybody that was released that, to me personally, I see as being like a really great fit. Um, Could they bring some of those guys in and they, you know, you know, could they figure it out and make it fit and and do something? Sure. But again, this kind of goes back to New Japan not having the deepest pockets right now. I mean, if, if the roster's all taking pay cuts and they're not you know, turning the type of profit that they need to be. I don't know if, you know, paying a six figure contract to a Dolph Ziggler or a Matt Riddle makes sense at this point, you know, or top dollar. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name That's before? Um, wasn't it something Francis or something? AJ, AJ Francis. Francis. Yeah. 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 Well, how about this? How about this? You got Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. You got Elias. Mm. And you got Rick Boogs. Mm. Did they, they're oh. all playing guitars. Mm. Did they fire those guys? Yeah. No. I didn't know. <laughs> they're they're available, man. Taking bookings. Just yeah. saying. You could have a you could have a pretty hot band. Yeah. That sounds like something that we could do at like GCW though. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to bring them to the Cerulean Blue. They could pay to bring Tanahashi in to do that shit at like a you know a WrestleCon Super Show. That's fine. Yeah, if Chikara was still going, we could have a King of Trios. They could be like the three man band or some shit. I don't know, but yeah, you know, not not Shinihan. Yeah, I, I can't really think of anybody who was released. Uh, I mean, if you want to ignore all the personal stuff, you know Matt Riddle. Obviously, would be great stylistically wise, but I'll see. He's, he's the only one that seems like he would fit. Yeah, yeah. Like and you know what you'd you'd like to see Mustafa Ali or like a Mansoor in Super Junior run. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ali, Ali, you could throw him in the Junior. Yeah, I think both those guys are better fits for other companies personally at this point. But yep. yeah, they might yep, they right. might make sense for Super Juniors. Um, I don't know how Mansoor is going to do without a he can't job clause. <laughs> well, maybe he can be the guy that brokers uh, a Saudi deal for new Japan. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, the one thing I will say this, and, and it's just, this is just something I've heard. I've heard that the things that are reported about Matt Riddle are far less worse than the things that have not been reported about Matt Riddle. So, just gonna say that. That's what I. That's what I've heard. So, mm. <laughs> I don't know if they want to fuck around with that guy. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not the like. Oh, oh, you know, like I'm not the the social justice warrior or whatever. Like you know, uh, trying to incriminate and condemn everybody. But I've heard he's bad. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I've heard. So maybe not. Uh, last question here from Wine Punch PV. Thoughts on Zang. Zilei obliterating Joe 
Joyce in their rematch this past weekend? How do you think the hypothetical matchup of Zang versus Fury would go? Do you think it means anything that the out of all potential opponents that Zang's name has never left Fury's mouth? Not really. Um, I, I thought it was very impressive. I mean, he fucked up Jeff Joyce and dropped him and knocked him out, which was uh, very impressive, especially you know considering that it's the second time he's done this. But um, you know, I, I've seen Zhang fight. I think he's a good fighter. I don't. I think part of it obviously is like um, I, I can't remember exactly what. Um, what his ethnicity is. I think he's Chinese, but I could be wrong. But, um, you know, that's not necessarily like a huge selling point over in the West. A, a guy that can't speak English, can't talk trash, and isn't necessarily flashy. Um, but he is a good fighter. Uh, I remember watching him fight. I don't remember who, but I remember seeing him fight on the undercard of some, a couple of Anthony Joshua fights and thinking he's, really, he's a really solid fighter, but not necessarily super super impressive like i don't i personally don't see him as being a guy that's going to beat a tyson fury or an Usyk or even an anthony joshua that's just my opinion i could be wrong but um you know hats off to the guy he knocked out joe joyce beat him twice kind of proved the naysayers wrong um but i don't see him as being a guy that's really that threatening to tyson fury and i i'm not surprised that he's never left fury's mouth because most Western boxing fans aren't that aware of him. And this is probably like the most, um, you know, noteworthy performance he's had of his career so far that has garnered any sort of attention. So, yeah, it says he lost uh, to Hergovich. Drew with Jerry Forrest. I don't even know who Jerry Forrest is. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's had a loss and a draw and, you know, I think that that's part of the reason why people are so surprised at these two performances. Cause Joe Joyce was, ex- was undefeated prior to all this and was very heralded and he got that ass whipped twice. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, Zhang Zhili, I think he's very good, but um, he's, he's got a lot of really great fundamentals. He's a hard hitter, but I don't see him as being a remarkable heavyweight personally. Nice. Well, uh, let's uh, close off here for recommended match of the week. So last week for the recommended match, I recommended the match from uh, New Japan Soul Night 1 from 2009. The junior tag champ at the time, the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, defending against Apollo 55, Prince Devitt, and Risque Deguchi. Yeah, this match is fucking awesome. Um, the, the one negative is that the best clip of it that's available online. It is on YouTube. You can find it pretty easily, but it's like in 240p. And you would think like if it's in 240p that, uh, you know, like some bootlegger type, you know, account uploaded it. No, it's New Japan's official account. They they uploaded it in 240p. That's cool. So it it is available free on the New Japan account, not the New Japan English account. They're, you know, actual, you know, Japanese uh, YouTube account. But, um, Putting aside the bit rate, it is a really just incredible match. Um, I know, I know that like Prince Devitt or Finn Balor, as people know him now, is still very good. But you forget like how phenomenal he was in his heyday, like when he was at his like zenith, and he was incredible here. And um, Taguchi's also very 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 good he's kind of just starting to get into the funky weapon um persona at this time so it's he's got a little bit of the goofiness there but it is funny that he's like of all the guys 
he's clearly the number four, you know, between how good Devitt is and how amazing the Motorcy Machine Guns were at the time. And the crowd is just so into this match. Like they're living and dying and breathing with, they're really, really, really into Apollo 55 or Apollo Go Go. Um, you know, you hear so many like young, just like Devitt <laughs> <laughs> all throughout the match. It's a good shit. But, um, the action's crazy. Some of the dives to the outside are just really nuts. It, it, it's a, I, it's not quite the kind of high flying spectacle you'd see from like the young bucks, but it's kind of more like it, there's a lot of high flying, but there's almost like a more gritty aspect to this type of style of match that they did. And it sort of amalgamates a lot of the best aspects of new Japan style junior wrestling. Like you see, all sorts of incredible tag moves and high flying, but there's a lot of great groundwork and brawling and, you know, fighting on the outside. I mean, they, they, they run the gamut and down the stretch, um, motors and machine guns are, are hitting every single one of their big moves. kind of similar in a certain respect to the layout of the, uh, um, the match between TMDK and, and Bishamon, except this was just way better than that. And ultimately they just keep hitting Mercy Machine Guns keeps hitting every single big finisher that they can on these guys, and they cannot put Apollo 55 away. And um, eventually, Apollo 55 overcomes all the odds, and they're able to hit their finisher and uh, put these guys away and and get the, win the titles. But um, the, the crowd is electric. The match is phenomenal. Um, this it's got to be. I know we see a lot of really good junior tag team style matches in New Japan, and sometimes we we talk in hyperbole about how good they are but like this has got to be one of the best junior style tag matches in new japan's history like it's up there and i thought that i had seen it before i watched it but re-watching it i realized i've never seen this match even though i think i've seen other matches between these two teams this one just it, it's incredible uh it, it's really 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 top notch one of the best tag matches in new japan history if you've never seen it i highly recommend you go check it out Nice. Um, then for the excursion match of the week, you uh, picked Will Ospreay versus Marifuji from his uh, anniversary show in Pro Wrestling Noah. This was an awesome matchup. I mean, the first thing I noticed was just, man, how great Noah's production is and how easy it is to, to navigate um, Wrestling Universe. I'm like, I know the new changes are coming for New Japan World, but why, why have we been behind so long and Noah's been so ahead in the production? Uh, but yeah, the production was great and, you know, great kind of, uh, set up here for, for Osprey. He had some Marifuji inspired gear on, and this was a very hard hitting match. Like we, we mentioned the Osprey chop in the Suji match. Well, he was killing Marifuji here with, with the chops as well. There's a lot of great, um, high flying here. I think this is the best that, uh, Marifuji has looked in, in a singles match in, in a long time. And obviously he's still going, he's still grinding, but, um, you know, this is probably one of the best high profile matches he's had and uh these guys went out there cork and hall killed it great back and forth you know will hitting all all the big spots uh mary fuji was able to hit a lot of his signature spots a lot of his kicks um the hook kicks and uh, some of his signature stuff and uh towards the end osprey was able to put him away with the hidden blade in the sto- in the uh stormbreaker so yeah it was an awesome matchup probably like a four and a half on it did you like this or the uh suji match better I like the Suji match better. Mm. And I like the Jericho match better. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just you don't like the the, the green mat. Nah, I, I don't mess with that Noah trash. We're, we're, we're fine, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. I saw I saw um, Oiwa called out Marafuji um, in uh, in one of his post match. I think he was in a he was in like a mixed tag with uh, with Marafuji and then called him out in a post match. So who's Oiwa? The <laughs> Ryohei Oiwa. <laughs> I don't. He doesn't work for New Japan. I don't know him. New, Japan, <laughs> New Japan legend. Uh, you know the apprentice of Kiyomiya. You know? I, I don't know him either. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what you got for uh, recommended match this week? You know, I'm going to break the rules a little bit. It's not technically a New Japan match. It's not even necessarily a match that occurred between anyone that was, you know employed by new japan at the time but it fits what's happening this coming weekend so you know zach saber jr brian danielson they're having the big wrestle what's it called wrestle dream wrestle dream main event and they've had two prior matches in the past they had one in um germany what what is that xwx wxw wxw um short match i think that's during like a 16 karat gold or something like that and um uh Zach won that match, but I've never seen that. I, I don't think it's necessarily super highly heralded. Um, but the the famous match that they have is from March 2nd, 2008, from Triple X in England. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. So um, I've given you the link in YouTube. And uh, this was a match that was supposed to be a single fall match. And it ends up developing into a two out of three falls match. You'll have to see it to watch but this was named the match of the year in england in the year that it happened and it's one of the you know probably first really major matches that that put like uh zach saber jr on the map and now we're coming full circle all these years later so i thought it'd be appropriate to check that out plus you know i didn't want to watch it uh, i could have given you a lumberjack match in honor of uh <laughs> evil and, and, and we're not there yet so yeah. Well, the uh, excursion match of the week is going to be the Brian Dalson versus Zack Sabre Jr. match that's happening this Sunday at AEW Wrestle Dream. How am I going to watch that? You're going to order a BR Live, pal. No, I'm not. You're going to give Khan, Tony Khan, your money. To no, honor, I'm not. <laughs> to honor Antonio and I have to figure that shit out because, you know, there's too many pay-per-views. I'm not paying for all these pay-per-views, bro. <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous. You, you, know, you know we got the hook up there. I guess you guys, you guys got to start writing them off as a business expense. We don't. You think this is a business? We don't have a <laughs> LLC. <laughs> We're not no, incorporated. You know, MJ, we need you to do some some PR work for us, and uh, you know, get us. You know, get us over, man. You're working that master's degree. Help us out over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm here to help, man. I'll get you guys. I'll get. I'll teach you guys how to at least. Write off pay per view expenses. Yes, that'd, that'd be great. Well, uh, MJ, thanks for uh, joining us on the show this week, reviewing a destruction in Kobe. Uh, let the listeners know if you uh, if you want to plug anything, if you want them to follow you online anywhere. Yeah, sure. I uh, I don't do much. I'm I'm just here uh, talking New Japan. And if you want to talk New Japan with me, uh, I'm on uh, I'm on the socials. MJ does PR. E M J A Y does PR. And hit me up in the Discord. Join the Social Suplex Discord. 
that's where that's where the real action happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Discord daddy, he'll he'll show you the way in our in our Discord. So join that uh, link will be in the show description. Check that out. And now that's gonna wrap things up for us here this week. Next week we'll be back to uh, review the Rosie Destruction and preview Destruction in Ria Goku. So if you enjoyed today's show. Please consider making a one-time donation by visiting socialsuplex.com and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On X, we are at KI Strong Style. On Facebook, facebook.com slash socialsuplex. On Instagram, at socialsuplex. On Reddit, on the pro black guy, y'all just keeping it strong style. You can email me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com. Check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, One Nation Radio with Rich Latta and James Boyd. All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin Tomowitz. And uh, stay tuned for some new shows coming to the network soon. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiban. Here comes Ziggy. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.